So welcome to the show, to the Hempletic Podcast, Austin. How did you hear about us, and uh, are you excited to be on? I, I definitely am, but I heard about you guys through my brother Shahid. Uh, he's the one that actually got me in uh, contact with Brian. You know, shout out to Shahid. Shout out to Khalil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we love Shahid. He's a good buddy of ours, and uh, Gino brought him around to the podcast through the VCCF. Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with the VCCF and what we do? What they do? No, not. No, I'm not. So Gino is. Uh, Damn, Shahid's. Shahid's. Uh, he's slacking right now. Huh? Yeah. So so um, the VCCF. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, my partner here, Gino Di Pasquale, and uh, Shahid are part of the VCCF, which is the Veterans Cannabis Collective Foundation. Uh, and Gino. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. He did tell. Me. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're yeah, good. He did tell me about that. Yes, I am. And and I saw pictures. I was telling man, I love to be part of it. Anything you guys got going on over there? So, oh, I That's like it. So, so, um, sir, I want to, I want to kind of reset for everybody here who's going to be listening. So, y- your name is Austin Trout. Where are you calling in from, sir? Las Cruces, New Mexico. And I just drove through that way. I love that state. It's, it's like, uh, it's like being on the moon. Yo, I love, I love. <laughs> Wild West movie. Seriously, you come over like a butte or something or, you know, and then there's all of a sudden this terrace and you're like, wait a second, how did that get there in the middle of like this flatland? <laughs> yeah, nowhere. Right. And you were born and raised in New Mexico, is that right? Yeah, I was born out here. Well, you know, born in El Paso, Texas, lived in, in the borderlands my whole life. That's what's up. I love it. So um, the reason why we brought you on is part of this podcast is we like to talk about cannabis and try to um, instruct people, educate people on, on the cannabis and the plant, how much we all love it. But the other side of it is athletics. And that's why we wanted to bring you on here. Uh, first of all, you are a currently a professional boxer. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, and your correct. last fight was this year, world right? Champion and future world champion. Say that again. I am a former and future world champion. Ooh, I've sh- definitely, I've definitely heard of him. It's funny because I've known Shahid forever, and he's all humble pr- about his people. But I've definitely heard of this brother. Yeah, right yeah I've heard of you. So, so I love he's how good. you say future. Uh, Do you have good. a future uh, bout uh, for a belt lined up already? I, I don't, I don't have a fight lined up yet. But you know, I'm better than all of them. So, so how long you know, of a career have you got? A belt. I've been, I've been fighting professional for uh, this will be my thirteenth year. Has it, uh, and I saw you had an amateur career as well before that? Yeah, I uh, had a decorated amateur career out of the 2004 Olympic alternate. You know, so I went as kind of a six-man to the Greece Olympics, right, and then turned pro in 2005, and I've been, been at it ever since. Has this been a passion of yours since birth? Oh, since I can remember. I mean, I like doing all kinds. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be all kinds of things. But boxing was the, the kind of consistent dream that I've always had. And you've taken it to, to new heights. I mean, to be, you were, uh, an, uh, excuse me for a second, but you were WBA champion. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And what years was that? 2011 to 2013. So tell me a little bit about that. I believe there wasn't. Tell me about getting the belt first of all. Like uh, I, we're going to go into your whole career, but the belt itself, I love. I love talking to people to get to the top level of whatever they are, sports or education or teachers or CEOs. I love listening to people get to the top. And for you to have a belt in your hand means you're at the top. It was. Is it uh, what what uh, weight limit? I guess. And tell me a little bit about achieving the belt. Yeah, you know, just 
Any middleweight from my weight class, so 154-pound weight limit. Um, yeah, I won the belt in Guadalajara, Mexico, and I fought Rigoberto Alvarez, who is the big brother of Saul Canelo Alvarez. Uh, I beat him in his home state, hometown, took the belt, came home, defended it successfully three times. One time against the Hall of Famer Miguel Cotto. Yep, beat him up in the Madison Square Garden. Hey, it, was, it was a good fight, and I lost the unfortunately to Canelo Alvarez, the brother of the dude I beat to beat him for the belt. Um, in a bogus match, in my opinion, I mean, I thought I won that fight, but they had so much shit which one? stacked up. But anyway, which one was that? Pardon? Which which one? The Canelo? Thirteen. Yeah, no, yeah, the no, the Canelo. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I think you won that one too, for sure. Not even trying to stick up for you because I like yeah, I, I be following good. boxing like oh, that. You know how boxing is, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, the, of course, politics is everywhere, so we had to deal with that. But uh, fast forward, you know, my record now is 31-5, and five, 17 knockouts, and I'm looking to capture another world title ASAP. So are you looking for the same uh, weight uh, classification for your title, or are you a little heavier or lighter? Yeah, yeah. That's, I'd be good at this weight. I did this. It's funny you say that. I've never, I haven't made 140 anything since I was, like, 14, 15. But seeing how big these dudes are in my weight class, because, you know, I used to be a big guy in my weight class. Now, you know, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm just average. So, I'm gonna see if I can make 147, you know, I'm going to try it. We'll I can help see. you. I can help you get but, to 147, bro. Just call me. <laughs> you got that. Yeah, hey, no doubt. I'm going to call you on that. We'll see sure. if we can get to 47, because I can stop get everybody at 147. I'll get, get you to 47 if so, you listen to so me. So, my question sure. is, um, your current weight, and Strong, I apologize though. for jumping yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strong. So, what for your um, weight class? What's the weight you have to be between? Well, I mean, you just got as long as you weigh in at one fifty four the day of uh, the day of the weigh-ins. Yeah. A lot, a lot of guys in my class they coming down from <laughs> two hundred pounds. You I gotta know? tell I come you, down myself from ninety five. I gotta tell you, I gotta ask you real quick. That Cotto, uh-huh. fight, that Cotto fight. I really didn't think you was gonna beat him when you beat him. I was like, damn. Nobody. <laughs> I want to tell you, I'm Nobody like, did. so I'm a little, so I'm a little into my starstruck bag right now. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, wait, so this Kodo fight, are we referencing from 2012? Fight, dog. Like, yo, mm-hmm. yo, Kodo had those, has those hands. So for him to be, yo, dudes, yeah, you, yo, you're gonna find that white space right now in boxing where it's like lost its little competitive edge because of UFC. You're gonna come back and like beat people's asses, son. That's what's gonna happen. Because people are slacking right now in boxing. Slacking, they sure. See, I knew that's where your energy was. That's why you're gonna win it, cause you you see what's been going on in the last two, three years in boxing. They're slacking. Yeah, and, and I'm 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 all about that old school. The best fights, the best. You know what I mean, I claim to be the best, so I want to go ahead and take on everybody that claims to be the best as well. You know, and, and, and you know the money's gonna come, but I still love this game. I'm very passionate about it. So, how old are you now? Thirty-three. Just turned thirty-three. Excellent. So is that in boxing years, how does that relate? Like peak, early, late? Well, you know, they they say between 30 and 36, you should be in your prime. But, you know, they also say that you should look for your way out around your 35, 36. So it's, it's close to the end for most. Now, I feel like I'm a different breed because I don't take too much punishment. You know, the wars I've been in, I... I still came out all right, you know. I, I never taken too much damage, and, and I still feel good. Like I'm beating up all these young boys in the gym, you know, sparring wise. 
So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to definitely keep a, a close eye on it, but, uh, you know, I feel like I can do this until the wheels fall off. Our Hopkins fought till he was 50. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, good defensive yeah, fighter, right? I mean, is that what you kind of claim to be, a good defensive fighter, or, or what style are you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I say a boxer puncher, but my defense is, yeah, there you go, that, that's my interpretation of you as if I know who you are. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I do know you're, you now. To aggressive, that, that takes me out of character. You know, if you come and you're aggressive to me, that's, that plays into my Yo, game. Big shout out to Brian and Shahid for like putting you on as a guest because they don't, they don't, maybe they didn't know I'm a big, huge boxing fan and little did I know. Hey, I love, man, we need more like you, homie. Oh, I'd be taking the cards out. I'd be taking the cards out, taking the the, no, the the numbers down of jabs and punches and all that shit. So I'm like into it, the culture, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, that's what's up. I'm like, I know he won. Real that's fan. bullshit. Motherfucker called it wrong, that judge. You can't put more than two or three Sicilians in the fucking goddamn judging community. That shit's rigged. That <laughs> <laughs> shit is rigged it's and rigged. shit. You know, anytime you put some ancient Latino in there with some crazy Vasquez, Italian, some shit, you know that shit's rigged. And then you got a Jewish guy or a girl in there or whoever, and then you know that shit. Now, that's yeah. really political. And, you know and, that how and, that judging shit is. Accurate. It's the like, accuracy right there, right? What, they got the CompuBot uh, box all fucked up? They need to get... CompuBox is rigged too now. How oh, so? Tell, yeah, explain that a little bit. So CompuBox is like a punch counter, and they'll say, you know, this guy hit this guy with this many power punches, this many jabs, this many rounds, you know, they'll compare it. And, and I remember when it first came on, of course it was accurate, it was like being able to check to see if who won really won. It was a good way to gauge. You're like, well, how did you win... And you got touched more. For instance, the fight with Canelo. I, I touched Canelo 60 times more than he did and still lost. But now they start rigging the copy box. Because, for instance, the first Canelo Triple G fight, I, I was watching the fight, and then I look at the copy back, and they say Canelo hits Triple G more, and I'm like, no way. I'm going to start counting myself. So I counted, and Canelo hit Triple G seven times, Triple G hit Canelo, and these are power shots. Total of 16 times, the copy box flipped it and gave the, yep. the higher numbers to That's Canelo. That's 100% true. Yeah. I had a majority like, winner. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, man. Wow. But it's, 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 a, it's a dirty game, but I love it. I'm not going to hear the bash because, you know, it's Oh, no, for sure. It's part of the culture. House. Yeah, it's part it's of the my culture. my family. Yeah. And, um... And I'll just be the change I want to see in the sport. Good for you, man. Because it happens to the best of them. It's not just you, obviously. You know, it's just something that happens in the culture of boxing. You know, sometimes... Oh, yeah. Don't... It's top to bottom. You know? So when you say you want to be the change in the sport, define how you want to do that. I, well, first, like, as, as, like I said before, I, I try to fight the best. I try to, you know, make the best fights that, that need to be made. This is an entertainment business. You know, there's a one fighter who is claimed to be the best of our time, and I, I give him that. He definitely is. Not the greatest of all time, but the best of our time. And he put it into a business perspective, kind of money-balled boxing, if you will. And it, it ain't even about fighting or being a, a fighter. It was more about being a businessman, and we never hmm. got to see this fighter be the fighter in the ring. And with all the talent and all the skills he had, he was able to do what he did. And I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather, but oh, a lot shit. of these fighters are trying it. to do the same thing. You said it, dog. They're I'm and choosing where they want to go and do it. And we ain't never going to get to see the fighters fight. We get to see all these businessmen trying you know, to make as much money. And I get it. It's blood money. You make your money. But that's not why I fell in love with the game. You know what I mean? Because I remember falling in love with boxing as an amateur where I didn't get paid. Where I was just trying to compete. And if I let go of that, then I, I'm going to let go for love and I shouldn't be doing nothing I don't love. Sure. 
So I, real quick, I want to touch on something that I, I before I lose my point pace, um, you mentioned something about the weight classes and you're like a 147, which means if, as long as you weigh in 154 or less, you're good for your weight class, correct? There's no minimum, right? But basically what you're saying is other guys cut down from a heavier weight. So they're stronger, bigger muscled because they're cutting down to 154. Is that kind of what you're mentioning before? Right. So uh, I just want to clarify that for people who aren't around wrestlers and boxers or no, that's interesting. So tell me the first time you put gloves on. Sorry, say it one more time. How old were you when you put gloves on for the first time? Because you said oh, you, you yeah, keep talking about this passion. Old. Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about that. Like the gym you were at. Did someone bring you there? Or did you bring yourself? And no, nah, my mom. See, my mom. She was a big boxing fan. She had all the fights, and um, you know she throw fight parties. And, and my mom. Yep. She was a single mother, raised us. I'm her only son, so it was you know definitely a big old mama's boy. So I remember just admiring fighters and boxing because I knew my mom liked that. You know, she, she liked that type of man. That you know, you always want to. You always want to be the the man your mother admires. So, um, boxing and boxers were always you know held high and on my list of, of people I want to be like. You know, of course, of course, I want to be like Jordan. You know, what I'm saying of course I wanted to be like um, Ken Griffey, but I also wanted to be like Tyson or like Cornell Whitaker. And I don't think to me, you know, kids not where I am from in New Mexico, we're looking at it like that. Yeah, that's what I was curious about because New Mexico is not a big boxing state, right? Well, you know, it is. It really is. But um, it, it just not at that time wasn't too big. It was not in my city anyway. Albuquerque, which is a little bit north of me, they were a big boxing city at the time. I didn't even know that I could, you know, box here. I thought I had to move to Philly. It was rocky. So, um... When I found out there was a gym here, I begged my mom to take me, and she was like, okay, fine. She took me love at first sight, man. It felt like I was in the Rocky movie. Old, nasty, dusty gym. But, That's you know, sad. it was, uh, I felt at home for sure. And is your mom still supporting you now? Oh, yeah, definitely. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a time that I couldn't get much fights in the States, so I had to go, like, down to Mexico. Mexico City, Guadalajara. Uh, deep down in Mexico, and my mom should be taking. This is the time of the drug cartel, or uh, you're around '06 to '09, and so my mom would be taking the bus down to Mexico to watch me fight. And I keep begging her, "Mom, don't do that." You know they're kidnapping people left and right. He just said third. And her only response was, "I grew up in Brooklyn during the '70s. I ain't afraid of, of Mexico. You know, they don't kidnap black people this time." You know what I'm saying? So nothing. Basically, nothing. Nothing was stopping my mother from coming to the fight. Not even a cartel war. That's so funny. So that was 2006 to 2009, you said? I, I noticed you did um, yeah, fight Mexico well, I mean, a lot. The I was curious. Going back home, but it's the best place to be outside yeah, of America, if you think about war. it. Right at the border. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Did, so is that now, why couldn't you find fighters up here? Is because you were a good challenger that people were trying to duck? Or was it just yeah, part of was, the culture? Yeah, too risky, not enough reward. Yeah, I was too risky, but not enough rewards. You know, the names weren't going to touch me because I wasn't known. But they knew. You know, the boxing alumni is very small. You know, a lot of people that fought with the amateurs grew up with. I see, you know, I see them on HBO, I see them on TV. We see each other at, you know, various, you know, fights and stuff. Are you signed uh, so to They any- knew I could fight. Pardon? Are you signed to anybody or... Like, as far as, like, a... Right now, actually, I'm actually a free agent. Um, I, I do working with Al Heyman. He's been, been with Al Heyman the last five years. 
they've been taking care of all my fights. But as far as promotional and even managerial, I, I just became a free agent. That's what's up. And then you got, and then you got me now. I'm gonna help you with yeah, that 147. Well, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna help you with that 147. You know what I'm saying? So Come I, on, man. I, got I can use it. <laughs> if I can hit the 47, bro, I'm going to be about a 10-time champ. Man. Okay, well, we, we, um, we're going to get up there. Everybody. So what is the 147 uh, weight class? It's Light middleweight is your weight class. So what's the one below that? Super featherweight? Welterweight. Oh, welterweight. Sorry. Welterweight. So that would be ideally the next step down for you. Right. you ever see yourself being able to get to that? What do you weigh right now? I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to try. What do you, what do you, I, you know, honestly, at 33, I've been able to make weight easier than I have, you know, at 27. That's just you know, due to discipline and diet and working out. So with the mindset I have now, before my body can't do it no more, I think I need to try and go make them run 47. We'll oh, see. We got you. We got you. If I can't make that make, because I can always go to 60. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting I'm at a, light heavyweights anyway. You're going to be amazed. You're not going to lose gang. You're not gonna lose muscle gain or anything with this with this diet plan I got for you. So, what's your current diet? We're curious of that. Uh, I'm normally I'm just on like a kosher diet. I don't eat pork or shellfish or scavenger like that. I've I've cut meat down really a lot. Um, I used to be carnivore, like eating every dish type yeah. deal, and uh, I've really naturally just cut it down, being more conscious of what I put in my body. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I said every once in a while I'll go and have have some junk, you know, get a burger. Sure. I, I should be more strict, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I like home cooked meals. I don't like fast food. You know, like during your training period, you're probably a lot more stricter, probably right. Like during your time oh yeah, yeah, definitely, ready. definitely. It's yeah, yeah, it's way more strict. But you see, it's the off time that I need to tighten up. I feel right. if I tighten up more, even more so, because you know, I. Like again, I say I eat good while I'm not training or while I'm not getting ready for a fight, but I could still eat better. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we all could. Uh, so that's interesting. So that just makes it easier. So how? What? Like for me, I've done Ironman in the past, and that was an 18 month training for me. So I've always hey. been curious about boxers on how long they have between fights. I've never understood like why there's a certain time between fights. I know some of it's the political stuff, but ideally for boxers, how yeah. often would you like to fight? Like, what's what would be good? It's like every three months or every six months or. I mean, see if we, if we got to take it back because. To the older days. <laughs> the way I'm at now is like, I'm only fighting one fight. And it's a blow, you know. I wish I was could fight. I've been wish I could fight more. And, and I'm looking back, like, taking back to the throwback, you know, they fought all the time. Ali, if he didn't have nothing going as far as, uh, yeah. you know, uh, mandatory challenger, he took it across the sea and go fight and just, you know, just fight, stay busy, make money. And, um, dude, I would love to fight, like, five times a year. That would be, that'd be perfect. Um, but now, you know, say at the level I am, every fight, you know, I fight is pretty much a killer. So being having to fight yeah. five killers a year would be hard, which is why I like everyone don't have to be a killer. No, I think, you're, I think you're smart doing a couple, a couple a year, one or two a year, especially when you get that belt, you know what I'm saying? Then you can kind of control it more. Yeah, this one or two a year is not good for me. I, I'm Yo. sharper once. The big guy, I am the sharper I am. Boxing is so fugazi right now and fufu. You're about to get it in, man. I'm telling you, they're hurting so bad, especially in that weight class. Oh, yeah, man. And now HBO just shut down their boxing. So, you know, it's oh, Showtime, uh, Sky Sports. 
it's it, it seems to me it's probably going to go to the networks next, maybe right? Like, well, I mean, well, yeah, they did, and Al Heyman brought that box to to network with PC, which was I was very proud to be a part of. Um, it was it was a throwback to to how boxing used to be, how people could be in love yeah. with boxing because they got to see fights all the time, and and it's it's working. I think I think it's definitely working. People um, hitting me up that usually. I'm filling them in on the boxing scene. You know, they're like, you see that fight? Like, nah, I missed it, bro. Dude, look at you filling me in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think it is working. I'm, I'm happy for it. Especially because, you know, I, again, I love this game. I love the sport. You know, unfortunately, it's ran by a lot of crooks. But my man, Al Heyman, is changing that as well. That's nice to hear because I think that the sport is at a time when it needs that, right? Like it's up against MMA and it's up against all Everything. these other challenges as far as you know people's entertainment dollars. Um, you know, and probably one of the things people don't like about boxing is the fact that they feel like there is a little bit of the political nonsense behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. so it's got to be important, right? If we change that culture, it's huge right now for you guys. It, uh, it is. It is. It's really helping out. And UFC, you know, like was so so dynamic. When it first came out, it caused a lot of attention and still does. So it's really hard to keep up with that the demographics that are younger with respect to the sport of boxing. Like I'm always watching it on YouTube and certain internet outlets and stuff too. If I can't catch it on the game, because I'm really a boxing dude. But um, it's like yeah, and that that was the problem with the younger the younger generation. MMA appealed to that younger generation, whereas right. boxing was a for me. My mother was why how I got into boxing. And for a lot of people, they, they watch boxing with their father. So it was kind of a pass down type of deal. It was a pastime. You know, it's you and your old man or you and your mom together and watch a fight. And with the the whole breaking up of the family and the home and shit, I think that's what hurt boxing. Because, you know I mean, ain't nobody sitting back and watching. They're not at home watching TV with the folks no. anymore. You know, everybody's out turning on shit or on the phone. And, Yo, I mean, that's amazing. But then it, yeah, and I was blessed because, you know, my fights, it did bring people together here in Cruces in, in my town. And, and I, you know, I still hear it today, you know, man, we, I, where they were when I beat Cotto, you know, they remember the atmosphere. They remember everything about that. I'm like, well, too bad I don't fight more because we can get that really going. I was but that's happy right, as I'm gonna start shit. Fight. I was like shocked and like <laughs> happy as shit at the same time. Word, man. Shakri, my uh, Saeed brother was in my corner. He was there too. That's yeah, Shakri was in my corner. That's what's yeah, up. Shahid, Shahid was there. He was there. You know, he, all that's, his brothers came out. That's so awesome, man. That's they were a blessing. In the Yo, look at Shahid, man. Getting jumped by Puerto Ricans too. Ah, <laughs> see, you needed me around or something. Puerto Ricans were mad. You know what I mean? Shout out to all to all my island people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, Puerto Rico, they they treated me with all the love and respect. That's what's up for the build up. Now during the fight, they was they was definitely in my head, but. You know, they're great boxing fans. Puerto Rico, you have a huge following there, man. Yeah, no, and they, they accept me. They gave me, you know, they, they accepted defeat with grace. You know, when I left the ring after being in, mad people was like, yo, I mean, good fight, good job, good win, you be my boy. You know what I mean? And, and, but whereas, yeah, we'll go there. But yeah, it was, it was I, I got much love. And I've been to Puerto Rico a couple, few times since then. That's what's up. You know, and again, it's all love. No, that's the thing about the culture of boxing, too. Like, why Mexico and Puerto Rico and even the the older times of boxing, when you look at the Italians and Sicilians, kind of had that same ancient Latin kind of, like, respect for the game of boxing. And obviously all the other old players, like Ali and those guys, you know, they all had some kind of, like, understanding of the sport. And it's like these different cultures, like, made 
uh, boxing what it is, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, Mexico and Puerto Rico in, in particular here closer to America are like huge boxing communities. So like, that's cool that you got, that you got that love too. Cause I know I was like, all my other buddies they were like shocked and upset and I was kind of happy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. So, uh, so as far as your career, what what do you think is the the is winning the title is that the highlight of your career at this point, or is it maybe the longevity? Have you have you fought, if I'm not mistaken, thirty six fights so far? Is that right? Yeah, thirty six fights. But you know, beating Cotto and Garner is the highlight, is the best win. But fight, I, I mean, even though I lost the fight, fighting Canelo and San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. That was an amazing experience too, and it was a great fight to be a part of. And, and you know, what I mean, I've been in, I've been in some real good scraps, and but those two are definitely highlights. But I'm not done with my highlight reel. You know, like I said, I'm a future world champion coming. So you actually were in. So I'm looking at this now. Uh, so your first loss as a professional, you were 26 and 0 when you Cotto uh, uh, was your last win of your 26 and 0, and that was at MSG. And then it was Alvarez that got you on uh, April 20th, 2013 at the Alamo yeah. Dome. That had been huge. Like, how many people were at the Alamo Dome? I was Dome? very upset. I was very upset. 40,000. Oh, 40,000 wow. people. There was a lot of people there. David C. B. Is that the, your biggest uh, venue? Definitely. Yeah, biggest venue today. You know, I've, I've been in the... Uh, well, no, I'll take that back. I was, I was in Staples Center my last fight. That's what's up. Oh yeah, in Los Angeles, yeah, Staples. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was forty thousand though. Actually, that was just the most most known. But it's but like once I'll, you beat you know, Cotto, you want to like now you're like the heavy. Like he's always going to be the heavyweight champion in the world in his brain. Like that's just how fighters work. I'm a wrestler. It's the same way. Like once you win, yeah, he's a future Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're, sure. that's it. That's it. Like once you win like that, like that's like nah, dog. I can't just be fighting like this and that. Like I want all the shit. Give me the heat. I want all, all the smoke. He and wants that's, all that's the smoke. Kind of, yeah. Bring the smoke. I want all the smoke. That's been my that's been my my model from day one. Is like, come on, let's go. I feel like I I believe in my heart I can put them all, and if I can't, I'll come damn close to it. Let me interject real quick. So you want the smoke mm-hmm. so bad, you might want the smoke from homeboy that says he's retired. Well, you know, because I think you can done. get him. I think want, you can beat him. I think you're the only person, and I and and if I'd have known that before I got on here, who I was actually going to be talking about and did some research. Because my partner, uh, he tells me, but I, I, I sometimes I, I be going freestyle. I don't do research and shit on purpose. So yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. When I look at when I look at the when I look at yeah, the, when yeah. I look, no, I'm saying when, it's not biased because you're back. people. Well, it's not. I'm not. What I want to say is not. I'm not being biased because you're my people through Shahid and everything. But I'm just being like pure boxing. When you look at boxing right now, um, and you look at him you and who like he's fought. He don't he don't fight yep. people that get hit. He ain't a scrapper, bro. Much like Tyson. Nope. Much so like Tyson. Do you agree with, with Teddy Atlas? He fights people that come to him. Yeah, do do you agree with Teddy Atlas when he went off on the Rogan podcast the other day where I kind of agree with him a little bit. Like like Tyson was like the best fighter, but he actually was like one of the worst at the same time because when he got into a scrap, he lost every time. He lost four out of his four, yeah. uh, he's 0 for four, four in real boxing matches. Like in real boxing matches. Is that like a true assumption? Based, I mean, no, no. Every time he stepped up, he lost. And then Tyson didn't lose. He always got knocked out. Every loss Tyson lost was never a decision. Right. Go big or go home, right? He was like, he either knocked you out or he did knock down. One or the other. So you think that was not fair for Teddy Atlas to, to say that, you think? Like, I mean, obviously he's a legend, but I mean, do you think that, so he can say whatever fuck he wants to say, but you think that's a true uh, asse- uh, assessment of, of Tyson? One of my favorite of all times is that left hook or that short right hook. One of my favorites, too. And he's def- you I, I, I think... The thing about Tyson is that it's what he did for boxing. Right. Now, 
do I think Tyson can stand with 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 the great heavyweights? He him himself said, "Nah, I don't want none right, of that." Right, right, got you. Ali Fraser, they, you know, I think they would have, but those guys would probably be in any heavyweight down the line. I haven't seen. I mean, except for maybe Holyfield. So maybe, Floyd, so Floyd and the and, and the money crew over there. They really trying to avoid the heat and the smoke and go for the money they know that they're going to win because he he if you think about it he's been in some really good fights not to give him some credit but he I don't know if he's been in that banger banger fight you know what I'm saying I think you might be able to get him no no he was it was made the first Maidana fight and oh, okay. uh, the first Castillo fight that's right and Castillo the fight. De La Hoya fight oh know, he almost got knocked out huh he, like, Castillo hit him with that left and I yeah Mosley almost clipped him but he's coming out of retirement he's supposed to be fighting Pacquiao. He says yeah. he wants a tune-up fight before Pacquiao. I'm telling you, I've made a whole career in the beginning of my career sparring, making money for people who are going to fight Pacquiao. He can go ahead and let me fight him as a tune-up, right? I'm southpaw. You heard it, Pacquiao. See, whatever happens, happens. I'm trying to fuck up the money train. I'm trying to fuck up the cart. And hey. Floyd. Hey, you hear that, Floyd. Right. Okay, and I, and I, you know, I just took a loss. It, it seems like it's something that he'd be willing to do. Who knows? But I'm you. definitely down and willing to do it. You'd be if willing. To, you'd be me. willing to roll so over for him. <laughs> you heard it, Floyd. He's coming for you. Nah, you know what I'm saying? I he wants, I know we're kidding. I'm coming to win, but yes. Hey, I gotta I'm tell you, man. The odds are like they're. Floyd is not looking as good as he thinks he is coming to the ring with you. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, when you if you beat if you can beat a Cotto, like you know how calculated that dude that brother is, like. Like, and let's not mention Cotto just gave Floyd a fight of his um, yes. fight of his life. Yes. I mean, That's why I think you can beat him. Fight right before he fought yeah. me. And I told I told everybody I said, I'm gonna beat Cotto worse than Floyd beat him. Yes, and sir. I did. Yes, you did. That was what, uh, December first, two thousand twelve? That would be you. Yep. I'm sorry, man. I think you I'm t- he's afraid of you, dog. He's been dodging a brother, huh? But uh, they don't want him. I hope everybody hears it. He don't want he ain't gonna take it. Too dangerous. Hey, so tell me about the the boxer, the boxer that you uh, consider maybe a rival. Do you have one? Do you consider in your weight class or like me? I'm as a triathlete. There's a couple guys I always look out for. Like I know exactly what they're doing at all times. No, you know I don't think I really have any any sort of rivalry. I would love to get one. I need I need that trilogy type thing to seal my to seal the deal, my legacy. But um, you know anybody who's beating me is my rival for sure. You know, whether I'm their rival <laughs> or not, it don't matter. Everybody I hold the L2 is my rival. So I'm looking down your list of fights here, man. It, it's an impressive list. Barclays Center, Alamo Dome, Madison Square Garden, Home Depot Center, uh, Mexico, uh, you know, venues. Uh, uh, unbelievable. What's your favorite venue that you fought in? And uh, you may mention it already, but I'm just curious for other people. Grand Plaza Hotel. Have yeah, you ever fought in um, Vegas? I don't see Vegas anywhere in here. Yeah, yeah, the Cosmopolitan I fought in Vegas. Okay. Um, my favorite venue's got to be the Garden, and I'm a Knicks fan too. So that that was iconic for me. That was huge. Now I like you it know, even Staples more. Staples Center was dope, but I don't like the Lakers like that. Now I'm a super. <laughs> now I'm a super fan because I'm see I'm one of those weirdos though. I like I go for the, the Knicks too, but I fuck with the Lakers because I lived in Vegas for years. So, but I, I got you. That's what's up. Uh, okay, well you know what? Ron's over there at the Lakers. You go you, if you don't like the Lakers, you go. Really hate the Lakers now. Now LeBron's over there. Oh, I love them now they got LeBron because they're out of the East, so my Sixers are going to win up the East. I mean, now. I just got to love it too because I love the reason why I went over there. I know my son's about to be there. And, 
Let me shout out to LeBron. That dude is just raising the bar of what an athlete role model needs to be. Yo, a big like. shout out to him, bro. For real. Yes, LeBron taking it to LA, you mean? I mean, for everything that he does, too. Like, Well, yeah. not just that. Just how he moves. You know what I mean? He's got that school opened up, in which I feel like people aren't talking about enough. This dude opened up his own free private school, basically. You know what I'm saying? Private school free. Like, you get free lunch, you get free bike, you get free uh, helmet, you get free everything. You know what I'm saying? So kids that live far get a bike and get, man, out. I mean, how about this? LeBron James understands that biking is such a huge exercise that he gives a free bike to his students. Like, that is so smart. It's so full circles. I mean, you know, think about every piece of life. Because the system is so corrupt. Right, he's helping them out with their brains and their body, man. For sure. Talk about, uh, I need to set my game up. I'm trying to be like that. You know what I mean? Finally, I've always been, you know, my era is kind of Michael Jordan. I want to be like Michael. You know, I grew up on that. But I'm changing, man. I want to be like Bron. Me too. I I, I tell you, I didn't really fuck with Mike growing up because as a Knicks fan, homeboy, why did he have to try to do the the, the little finger roll? Yeah, you you know what for he me, I wasn't mad at I wasn't mad at Mike more than I was mad at Reggie but, Miller. But he couldn't dunk I it. Though. Miller. Wait a minute, you you had to hate Reggie Miller more than Mike, right? <laughs> Him and Spike I Lee. Did. That's why I was like, I, I'm fucking Mike, but I hated Reggie Miller. I, he's on Dan Patrick's show sometimes now, and I love hearing him because he, he's just so different. But he just relishes still those moments. You can tell, still, still tell that he'd be sitting home, smoking a big bong, telling everybody how him and Spike Lee had that battle at half court. Well, you know, 80, over 80% of ba- basketball right. uh, players use cannabis. Heck yeah. Speaking of which, this is a great segue. So the, yeah. we actually wanted to ask you a little bit. Um, I don't know anything about the drug policies in the boxing um, community, but I'd love to hear from your take, Austin, as a boxer. Like, what are you allowed to do? Not allowed to do? Can you do coke every day up until the oh my fight God. day? Like, can you do shrooms? <laughs> can you smoke pot every day or not? Um, so I'm just curious, s- like, what what the policies are? If it's like every drug they're testing for, are they just testing for you, you know what? The I'm Dopa asking, Commission Austin. ain't playing, son. It's called the Dopin Commission. That's right. So what do you got, Austin? Give us a little heads up. Yeah, you know, so I, I, the thing about boxing in the two, which fairly, you know, there's been a lot of people have been busted for, for heads, and, and so they're, they've been trying to crack down, thank God, because, you know, you're not hitting the ball harder. You're not, you're hitting me harder. So right. um, they, they've, they've definitely stepped up the, the game as far as being a little bit more straight. I think people are still getting away with it. The fact that it, I feel like it's, most obvious. If you look at the signs of growth after a grown ass man's done growing, there you go. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm enrolled in this uh, 365 testing program, so I can get randomly tested yep. at any time, at any day, um, for for any time of the year. And you know, I usually have to let them know. You only get so many times that you can miss a test. You know, and then, then what you do, you're either suspended or kicked out. So, you know, there's, there's repercussions. Now, is every boxer um, on this 365 testing program? No, no, not every boxer, but, you know, a lot of important ones are. So, um, so the thing is, there's in competition and there's out of competition testing. Gotcha. Um, in competition, meaning like right after you fight, you know, they want to know what you yeah. are. And, and there's, sure. there's a different list. Especially since list you had that. a belt. You know, you had a world title, so you're definitely on the spotlight for, like, to be checked right. out. You know what I'm saying? 
but the out the out of competition is you could there's a little bit less. And the out of competition, they do not test for THC. They only test for that for in competition. Now for coke, methamphetamine, they do for both, I believe. Okay. Um, I believe I don't. I don't it's not what I'm worried about. <laughs> did you get the update? Okay. Did you get the update on CBD now? The doping commission's allowing CBD to be used. They did. They do now allow CBD, so they don't test for CBD anymore, which is dope because you know I know like there's there's plenty of rubs that topical creams that help out you know with my violent yeah. injuries that like, you know, my thumb was I thought it was broken I couldn't move it but you know putting we got you on a little bit it was again you know me help me out. It kept me in the game, and I did not have to pull out. Broken or not, I was able to use it. We're going to be your new sponsors um, so on your CBD products. Uh, we got you. So what? What is the? Uh, when did you? When were man. you? When were you able to start using CBD? This year. This year they took. So it, it said, I know the World Anti-Doping Agency, which is the agency that monitors boxing, correct? Well, there's yeah, there's that, and there's part of all time, and yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, talk about that real quick. Say that Please. again. Talk about that other agency because it's another big agency. Yeah, there's the there's the water. Then the doping agency that goes around and takes the testing is the VADA, the Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency. Yeah. So it's WADA and VADA are like in your boxing community, but they follow the World Anti-Doping Agency's and policies. And UFC too, correct? right. UFC too, I think, is under WADA or VADA too, I think, aren't they? Don't they fall under that? Yeah, but UFC's fugazi with that, man. Like right. Their testosterone levels that they allow is ridiculous. I know, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, that's why I brought it up. Just, just, just basically saying, take steroids, just don't take too much. And they were using CBD way before it came out too. They were allowed to use it per Dana White and them, which I thought was cool, but it was still like a deconfliction. Which is real cool. That's very innovative of them, but they are a very innovative type of company. You know, sure, they, they're sure. not. Well, they're and, not with staying in the box. Right. And 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 if and to be fair with MMA, if they allow more, but they're allowing it of every one of their people, then it's a still a fair playing field, right? I mean, I, am I wrong thinking that? I mean, they still gave the guys problems at first. Like, what is it? No, the Garcia I mean, brothers? No, was because it? if you have inhuman strength in another human, though, that's that's right. damage on that other human. Whether he's hitting you back or not, it's damage on each other. So it's like it becomes. I think it's dangerous because again. Uh, with with the baseball players taking steroids and things like that, you know, that just means that they're hitting the balls harder and throwing the balls faster. Right. Uh, uh, which is cheating still, but I'm saying nobody's getting hurt in that situation, hopefully. Um, but just this boxing, you know, you take your steroids, you hit me harder. You're throwing that punch at me faster. 100%. So I just have a, so yeah, just real quick, uh, I have a quick uh, anecdote uh, off a story that I read. Uh, so coming off of um, the Fresh Toast, uh, talking about c- CBD and boxing a little bit. So uh, we know the medical benefits of CBD. They are manifold. And the reason why professional athletes, athletes from fighters to football players embrace the drug, uh, following the World Anti-Doping Agency removing CBD from the banned substances list, professional boxers have discovered how CBD can benefit the body. Two U.S. boxers specifically have openly discussed using CBD in their training regimen. One is 20-year-old lightweight Tefimo Lopez, uh, who is a Honduran-American boxer uh, and from Green Roads Athletics, and he's speaks on you know using it so are you have you been using cbd since it uh, was allowed oh yeah and in, and how do you what take you, it the in cops? what do you the, what do you the fuzz no man? i love this because <laughs> i want you. people to understand that people I know, in high-end athletes baby for no, using cbd 
No, I was messaging you about the question. Like, hey, oh, so is it insinuating that I used it before? <laughs> nah, so so tell, tell us how you ingested. So, yes, tell us how you ingested it. Have you gotten sought medical advice on how to ingest it? Or, or tell us how a little bit how you started using CBD. You know, I like to call myself a cannabis connoisseur. I've done a lot of years of research, to speak. And no, I have uh, some topical cream like I talked about. And I do have some... some uh, Pills made from the extraction, and then I, I'm, I'm linking up with this company called Canaway. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they they do a lot of CBD. They've actually figured out how to extract CBD from pop, you know, like like here as well from the cannabis plant. But um. So you have a company that you work with, so you got a trusted company that you know the product is under 0.3. Now, um, one of the things you said about testing is uh, in in fights, you get tested for THC, but when you're not fighting, you don't get tested for THC. Is that correct? Not normally, right. And, correct. and what's the laws of New Mexico right now for, for THC currently? Or, you know, for um, it's Medicinal. It's not recreational quite yet. But we are having, a, you know, we are having our... Uh, Elections coming up, so I yeah. Get, everybody to go figure out who's for what you want and vote them in. Get this adult use going. And by the way, is a quick interjection about the low THC thing for all you fighters and professionals out there, athletes. I wouldn't consume cannabinoids if you're a fighter or a professional or something where you, you get tested for any kind of THC. I would only consume CBD isolate products that have zero percent THC. Correct. That way, you don't have to worry about no building up. Yeah, where it won't build up in your system over time, over a few months, and then you fail a test, and you're like, "I'm not using uh, cannabis THC products." Well, you've been using cannabis hemp, which is the same product, but had a little bit of THC in it. So, the little THC game is not good, as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, you have to be sure about the company you you get your things from. They can tell you, yeah, yeah, zero percent, but. It's a label. And it's even more important for you to make sure of that. So you're, I'm sure you're doing even your more due diligence to make sure you're not taking anything in that could result in a poor test when you fight. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. I, I would down if I ever lose to you know a failed test. Yeah, I'm fighting these people that that are tough and strong. I don't need my weight or a failed test to take me out. And even though it's silly because we're taking all these different drugs that are really drugs and then cannabis, THC, or otherwise is looked at like this crazy drug when it's really not. But we still have to play the game. Because you're allowed to take drugs from your doctor and stuff and still put it down on the list and the doping commission doesn't bother you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like maybe not performance enhancing drugs, but like just your basic pharmaceuticals you might get that are like really bad for the body and the heart and the mind. Oh, boxers can take that shit. Go ahead and take that. Cannabis, non-toxic, neuroprotectant, protect the cells. Right, right. Run, run all the body I mean, systems even, and functions. You know, uh, yeah, you're going to say about ibuprofen? Yeah, I mean, even ibuprofen is not good for your stomach oil no. or uh, liver. But, no, sir. You know, they let that go. And I used to do it all the time because, you know, my hands hurt, my head hurts, and, and, you know, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Austin, what's the general tone of cannabis, weed, marijuana in the boxing community? Like, like, how do they view it? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, is it something that's talked about, not talked about? Is it something that's, like, uh, taboo? I tell you what's taboo is the M-word. I don't think it's very, it's not very much, it's not talked about much. Um, it is a bit of, I guess i say it's a taboo, you know, but. Oh, yeah. At the same time, it, it's kind of like the world. The world's accepting it. 
and the ones that have kind of been been on it, been known about it, you know, it's not it's not a shock for them. It's just now it's accepted. You know, it's like, tell the truth, ready? Tell the truth. It's, cons- been known it's conservative, we've right? Been known. Y'all just kind of figured it out. It's, so welcome, welcome to the club. Yeah, super hella conservative. Figure out how to handle your shit. Hey, so what is your relationship with the cannabis plant? We do ask this of everybody, Austin, and we know you're in a position where you have to be careful and you're in a state that's not legal, but we know you're a connoisseur. We're we're curious, does that mean like when you go to California and you're not fighting, do you you indulge? It's it's a friend of mine. I'm not not an enemy of it. There you go. Hey, there you go, folks. You know, why use drugs when you can use a non-toxic cannabis plant that runs all your body's systems and functions and it won't hurt you? Man, I don't do drugs. Nor you know do what I'm I, saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, why not? Yeah, good for you, brother. <laughs> so, are you? Uh, do you consume alcohol at all, Austin? Just curious. Uh, no, really, r- really rarely. Because um, that's tough really, for you guys. I mean, really, it's like uh, occasional, I guess. You gotta be an occasion. Because that's yeah, tough on you, right? As a fighter, that's really tough. Uh-huh. That drug, that drug is really tough on you guys as a fighter is to be in that kind of shape. Like alcohol yeah, is a strong it, drug. It really hurts. You know, it's like it's it's a good time maybe. Right. But then I'm not. I'm I have a high tolerance for it, so you know I'm likely to black out and not remember anything and then wake up with a headache. And it's like wow, damn. It's so. Well, cr- I don't remember. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. You sound just like Shaid a little bit. Your voice. Well, that's that's that New Mexico, I think. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it's that easy going way. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Uh, I love that. I I love your pure honesty there, too, Austin, because sure. uh, we are such big proponents. Um, I don't know if you. Oh man, look, he became a podcast, but oh, big time. No, he was like like keeping it real. He was not my favorite fighter of all time, or like one of my favorites, like of like top top. But I always went for for Austin Trout. I mean, why wouldn't you? He was always like the underdog, the underdog that can fight and didn't have the, the name recognition, but beat people's asses and people avoided him for years and still kind of still yeah. do. Now that I know you and we're about to work out this little, little diet thing, you got your, oh. you, we, about, we got oh. your CBD products we're about to send you because you're taken care of now with the CBD products via bad days. Bad days is going to take care of you. And like I said, I'm a consultant with the ca- cannabis thing. So between you and the concert, being a connoisseur and stuff, like we're going to help, you know, refine you. Yo, you're about to get that title back, son. I'm a I'm, I'm a oh, super. You're my num- you're now my number one. Now I just said it. Now you're. Hey, my hey that's what's up. Hey, I need that found in you, and I believe yes. it, it comes from the ground. You got to show me where it's at, man. Amen. Coming 100%. from the ground, I love it. Coming from the ground, baby. With roots, baby. With roots. Hey, so we do this thing, Austin. God made it. That's why Doctor Sebi. Right. I don't know if you all seen that. What Doctor Sebi said about yeah about, uh, cannabis plant. Yes, sir. You know, he he was telling. What do you think about it? He said, "I love it. it comes from the plant." I'm 75 years old, and I smoke it every day, and I'm fine. Dropped down to his knees, got back up. He said, my brother died, uh, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> and he was, you know, 20 years younger than me. Um, so he, doc, if it's good enough for Dr. Sebi, the most health, the healthiest man in the world, he was so healthy, they had to kill him because he was, he was curing people of yes, AIDS, curing so people true. of cancer, curing what he's talking about right just now. with plant diet. And I can't wait till my man... Um, um, What's the blood? Rolling 60, the crib. My man, Nipsey. Nipsey Hussle's coming oh, out with a, a documentary to talk about it. Yo, how he shout out to won. He actually won in court when they tried to sue him for defamation because he's saying he was lying. And what? He proved to the court. He proved to the court that he cured it, that he did everything he said he did, he did. And so they had to, so he won in court. But like, it's, it's 
it's documented in the court of law. Like the shit that he was doing was right. So we don't need none of this pharmaceuticals, nothing. Like AIDS, but you know, AIDS itself, he cured AIDS and cancer. He said when he cured his 13th AIDS patient, his mother said they're going to kill you. And if I correct, if my memory corrects me, he was a plant-based person. He ate plants only. Plant-based, about getting and, your body alkalized. Yo, and guess what? That's how, that's how you're going to become the next champion in the world with me, and we're going to talk about this later, how the dense whole foods nutrition diet plan that I got for you, that's not just like, it's a really in-depth diet plan where you're, you're going to get gangs, you're still going to get, not decrease on muscle, but you're going to thin down and get to that weight, and I think that you're going to be a big representation for people in the future about, about that kind of no, eating, I you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a high-opener. In fact, I'm, I'm down. This is going to be a revolutionary. We like it. So do you do anything other to boxing, or is boxing like 24-7 for you? Do you have another job? Like, I'm always curious if boxers have to have other professions. No, I mean, boxing is my thing, but, you know, I, I do uh, commentating for Bounce TV Network. Uh, so, you know, whenever they have fights, which is, you know, usually around four or five times a year, yeah, I get to commentate. So I have, you know, ATM business here in, in town. Um, fitness business, you know, personal training. Um, I don't call it a job. It's just, you know, things around Your boxing that I love right? doing. Yo, you got that yeah, voice, yeah. too. So, like, I'm going to be in the gym anyway. So, like, someone wants to pay me to come work out, too. Come on. Do you have any plugs, and any websites? right. Can you plug? You got websites that you can plug for yourself? We, we want to get some information out there for people. For sure. Oh, you know, just my social media, no doubt, travel across the board. No doubt trout across the board. Family, you heard yeah. it. The next heavyweight no champion in the world. You dig? So, uh, real oh, quick. Man. So, we do this feature, Austin, um, where we do fact fiction or the jury's still out. So, we talk about one topic every week. And because we're talking about boxing this week, I actually picked something along the lines of Ali. So, uh, what we do is I bring up a topic. We say if it's fact fiction or the jury is still out on the research that I came up with. So, Austin, do you think that you can use cannabis to help with Parkinson's disease? Is the question. No, that's fact. It's a big fact. That's you a heard fact. It. You heard it, people. Now, now, how, why do you think that's a fact? I've I've, I've been looking and I, I've seen the, the studies on how they gave uh, this man with severe Parkinson's like some oil, right? Some cannabis oil, and right away his fits just went down. And nothing. I've seen the, the little girls with the seizures. I've seen. Um, well, I've seen research that says that cannabis plant helps reverse the effects of Alzheimer's. Reverse. Which runs my wife's family. So, you know, we're looking out for that. Um, 100%. Yeah, man, it's, it's like the super plant. No wonder, like, no wonder they try to make that joint exactly. illegal. Right? It cures everything. Right. So, you telling me I don't have to get no more Tylenol, I don't have to get no more dementia medicine, I don't have to Again, you know what I'm saying? Nah. Going to buy another one all that. So yeah, that's that's all awesome. big facts. Big facts. Hey, I'll, I'll put this on. I've done triathlon 17 years. I'm an Ironman, and I have taken less than a uh, rocks glass full of aspirin in all that time because I've gangster. used I've used cannabis as my recovery it's on gangster. a daily basis. That's perfect. Right? Really? Like, yeah. How many people can say they've been doing triathlon 17 years and seriously had like one? thing of aspirin in that time people are really addicted to, to drugs in general and you probably like you just take do you just take as needed or do you have to stay on some type of routine like regimen pain management type of routine yeah regimen, so yeah, that's a great yeah that's a good question so through my training i always found that um 
by smoking later in the day. So I didn't really, well, I was training sometimes, uh, but later in the day, smoking helped me sleep and help my recovery. I will always woke up fresh the next day and I woke up yeah. at five 30 every morning to run. So I run a seven miler five days a week at five 30 in the morning. And that's after going to bed at 11 o'clock doing all my stuff. Like, so six and a half hours sleep and, and cannabis was my recipe. Especially if you have a pure sativa during the day, like you can really get it in, you know, running wise and cardio wise. And I definitely smoked sometimes training too. There was no doubt I did. I smoked pretty much all my hundred mile bike rides that I did do my Ironman training. I was high. I did bong hits beforehand. Well, I mean, so you, you obviously, did you, did you tell us what you think about Parkinson's? Uh, no, that's great. So uh, beforehand, I, be I believe that I've heard that Parkinson's and um, other brain ailments, and, yep, correct, thank you for that, okay. yeah, um, can, be cure can be helped with cannabis and um, natural um, maple syrup, I've heard. It helps. So oh. that's what I've heard, and I, and I believe what I've seen in my life, I believe that. So, Gino, what do you think? Do you think you can use cannabis to help with Parkinson's? Well, to kind of elaborate a little bit in, in the micro about um, what, what Austin said, it's like, oh, the cannabis plant's good for everything. It, it, it kind of really is, scientifically. So the plant runs all the body's systems and functions via the endocannabinoid system, excreting five endogenous cannabinoids called endocannabinoids. And these endocannabinoids, uh -huh. and these endocannabinoids work with these neurotransmitters, the CB1 and CB2 receptors that are billions upon the billions of them in our brain, throughout our whole body, in our organs, tissue, bones, you name it. Literally, is the master mecca plant, the only plant in the world you cannot die from, no matter how much you use, due to the fact that there's no receptors on the medulla obligata that controls all the heart rate and blood pressure and all that such. So, therefore... It's like the stem cell of plants, you know, that's good. <laughs> yes. It oh, literally, man, that's such a great way to describe it. Literally could work on almost anything that we can think about, and we should just try it to see if it does. So, it's really like one of those things that... Right. We don't have no choice but to at least try it first and then go to the drugs afterwards if it doesn't work for something technical or something. Because there's good drugs out there. No one's trying to bash drugs but because you need them. But when it comes to everyday use and athletes and stuff, like most of our athletes are drug addicts. You know, Austin don't want to talk about it, and I don't blame them. And, I, and me as a Marine, like I don't want to talk about it to defame any Marines or soldiers, but most of us are like functional drug addicts. They're taking drugs every day to maintain pain, maintain a, a sense of... XYZ, sleep or whatever. So we're not bad people for it. But once you get legalization and get the uh, education on cannabinoids and the non-toxic nature and the neuroprotecting cells, I think we're going to see what... I never thought Austin Trout would ever think any of these things that he's talking about because the yeah. mainstream boxing community, which you're not really... You're part of, but you're not. But to have you come on here and give a really open, honest opinion as a world champion and future world champion, I got so much respect for you, bro. So I want to thank you. you know, like, that means a lot, because you know what the, the heck you're talking about, too, bro. It's not like you're just coming out of bat. There's a lot of people and artists and stuff in the community of hip-hop and sports. They don't know shit about cannabis. Even Wiz Khalifa. Big shout-out to my boy, they Wiz. Don't. He don't really He's know like, about nah, cannabis. I just roll on my back, but I'm good. And yeah. I'm like, and what kind drugs. of do you smoke? Uh, you know, green. I'm like... And even Wiz says that, that you're smoking the tobacco with the cannabis. It's a drug. So you're not even like using cannabis. So yeah. like, but like, you're right. Like people don't, they don't know. And like big shout out to you, man, for like being a professional athlete that is like not only legally are you allowed to use CBD, a cannabis or hemp product, but like just to come on here and like with Brian and I and the team, um, we want to have you back on in the future, man. We're like super, oh, like, no doubt. Dope. 
Not that we're ending this, so don't think we're ending this quick. So no. I want I want to talk, get on to the Parkinson's just to fin- wrap up my fact fiction, yeah. or the jury's still out. Uh, so for potential benefits, uh, so this is from Healthline. Uh, I am actually going to go to the Parkinson's website in a second, but from Healthline, just some general information. Um, they're researchers are constantly looking for new therapies that can help with with. Parkinson's disease. Potential benefits of using uh, medical marijuana, uh, cannabis is pain relief, reduced tremors, better quality of sleep, improved overall mood, more ease in movement. And the funny thing is, listen to these side effects of the drugs that they actually give Parkinson's patients now. You ready wow. for this? Watch this one because I already know it. <laughs> yes. Hit us, hit us, uh, ready? Ankle swelling, blotching of the skin, constipation, diarrhea, hallucinations, insomnia, involuntary movements, memory problems, nausea, liver damage, problems, urinating, and sleepiness. Oh I just listed all goodness. the side effects of the just drugs the given to Parkinson's, guys. Oh man! I'd rather just keep the Parkinson's. He Thank you. Shit. Yeah, I don't want. I don't I'll want. Be, yo, take with the Parkinson's. Yo. My kidney's gonna fail. Yo, I'm fam. Be moving, twitching. It's, nah. Yo, fam. Anyway, I'm gonna be twitching anyway. Yo. That's crazy. That's oh, unbelievable. So now I'm going to get into a little bit of boring nonsense, but... Uh, boring nonsense. No, that, so, by no means a boring yeah. nonsense. It's but. interesting, man. No, so I'm going to go into a little bit. This is this is really important to me because this is right from the Parkinson's Foundation. So this means that all the research done on Parkinson's has put a whole page on medical marijuana on their website, okay? Damn. This is what I want to tell everybody. First of all, if anybody wants to see or they don't believe me, go to parkinson.org. Right now, they can look at this exact information, but basically they have a full page on the science behind the American the marijuana, and I hate to use the word marijuana, and I know um, yeah, some people are against me, so. it, but kills me. I, I, I don't want to razz this reference because- I swear, listen, that I feel like- I'm going to still get at them, but I got you. They don't know about it. No, you're right. So, that's right. I heard about it. But as long as you're I following mean, it up, you know, you're following it up, right? No, you're I am. Good. So, yeah. So, so they say the science by marijuana. And I'm gonna actually going to give the Parkinson's, Associate, Parkinson's a break on this because listen to what they say next. Yes, because listen to this. Okay. It's like Gino get wrote this. Okay. The endocannabinoid system was located in the brain and made up of cannabinoid receptors. Um that regulate thinking and some body functions. Researchers began to show enthusiasm to study the cannabis relation to Parkinson's after people with Parkinson's gave anecdotal reports and posts on social media as to how cannabis allegedly reduced their tremors. Some researchers think that cannabis might be neuroprotective, saving neurons from damage caused by Parkinson's. Okay, that's wrong so far. So they they, they said some things that are entirely wrong and they did it for a reason. Okay. They said the endocannabinoid system is, 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 is in your head. Which is wrong. That's not true. There's it's CB1. the whole body, right? No, there's yeah, it's a whole body. Yeah, the whole they, body. they said it may may control some of stuff. That's wrong too. It controls everything, all of it. Like si- that's the difference. Like doctors are not going to tell the truth about science. They're only going to tell the truth about double blind, placebo driven science behind the FDA. They're never going to tell the truth about endocannabinoids or the cannabis plant. These these fools don't even know what a two reticulocyte or an andamine is or the other three endocannabinoids. So I don't trust them. I'm glad they put it out there. No, they, they, so they don't get a shout out. So me, the pharmacology of cannabis, actually, what you're saying, they actually right. go into detail later on. Okay, good. Yeah, so they actually talk they about CB1, it, though, you know, CB1, and I think I think actually. Um, they keep it narrow focus like this because Parkinson is his brain related. Oh yeah, I mean so, they should know that CB1 receptors yeah. are mainly in the brain though, since they're doctors and researchers. This researcher, this basic researcher, shouldn't have to tell them. So it actually says marijuana contains more than 100 uh, neuro- neuroactive chemicals that work with two types of cannabinoids receptors, CB1 and CB2, located in the brain and the peripheral moon system. So they. Do that's also that. incorrect too, because CB2 receptors are only located in the brain when there's a bad CB1 receptor or something going faulty, and it replaces itself with a CB2 receptor. 
Great so point. other than that, there's only CB1 uh, receptors in the brain. Yeah, there's only it's in the immune system oh, in your stomach. So CB2 is like backup. So no, 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 right? Say, so yeah. I'm gonna teach him real quick, yeah. just real quick in the micro. So the immune system cells are CB2. They're mainly located in the spleen, the stomach, and the tonsils. That's where mainly, uh-huh. but they're everywhere else in the body too. But that's the main places in the stomach, the spleen, and the tonsils. Now you know they've been taking brothers and sisters' tonsils out from day one, right? So right. That, that affects our immunity off the bat right there because CB2 receptors right. are... And they say all sicknesses start in the stomach, right? Yep, because that's your second stomach. It's your second brain in your, in your stomach. And then the spleen, yep. they be fucking with people's spleens too. And then, the stu- <laughs> and then the stomach is affected by eating animal products and junk food that breaks up the stomach biome and breaks up the bacterium and the uptake because our stomach is a soil like in a, in a field like growing vegetables. It has to be a good acidic rate ratio mm-hmm. to, break, to break down... Uh, plants and such. So to reverse uh, illnesses, to become the best athlete in the world by way of science is use cannabinoids and a plant-based diet. And how that's proven is the heavyweight lifter for the Olympics a year or two ago that qualified yeah. was a vegan. He was a vegan, that's right. So yep. the misnomer, it's only a social thing is why we want to eat that stuff. And that's cool. People socially can do what they want to do. Brian and I talk about this all the time because I'm the plant guy and he's the meat guy. And we talk about this. We're like, listen, some professionals may take on a persona or a diet lifestyle plan that works best for them that makes it optimal. Now, me as a former athlete and being in the military and working for a particular agency with high-level peoples, I'm going to tell you right now, eating that diet slowed me down. I would run circles around the old old Mark, the old Gino. I would run circles around him right now at going on 43 in my 30s. I would run circles around that fool. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I've heard that happen to so many people. They found the founder youth was just changing their diet. That's what it's and about. And even people that ate before, like myself, but like, like, like I said, I'm trying to get closer to that plant-based right. diet because you're not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, it does. And, and I think the way I'm doing going about it now, slowly but surely, Good for you. is where I don't miss meat. You know what I mean? It's not cold turkey or anything like that. I just don't right. miss it. It's, it's like, now I notice, oh, look, there's no meat And they got coconut great. milk, they got rice milk, coconut milk, hemp milk, oat milk. Yeah, I, yeah, we I, stopped gonna, with the, that I'm kind gonna, Dairy. I'm going to teach you, cheese, I'm going to teach you, well, I got some cheese for you, but I'm going to teach you how to make your own fresh uh, oat milk and hemp milk right at the house. You ain't got to worry about, you know, not that it's a money thing, but like you, you can make your own fresh uh, milk products right at the house in just a matter of minutes. Still oats, yeah. My yeah. mom, she got on that. She was making some, some uh, you know, still oats that I could just like store. So yeah. do you cook for yourself or, or um, do you, are you, first, I, you know, I have yeah, to ask this. Go ahead. My wife, she cooks me and uh, I cook for myself as well. You know, if I'm not at home. I'll cook for myself. My my Shakrisha Bash, he's brother. He's actually a real good cook. He's That's all about that plant based diet. So he does a lot of the cooking during camp as well. Heard, really all the cooking. That's what yeah, I heard. Yeah, like real when you eat, when you when Shakrisha's around, man, you eat. Good, good. Yo, I'm trying to shine Shakri. I'm trying to sign him. I already got, I already got Shahi. I'm trying to sign Shakri to our new record label, man. We got to get with this brother Shakri. You know what I'm saying? Hey, he's man. He's, like you know, Shahi's hella talented. I know he is. That's why I scooped him up. Not only is he my brother for over ten years, but I had to scoop him up on a music level too. That dude's hella talented. So, so yeah. uh, Austin, you're married. Are do you have any kids? Yep, married. Four kids. I just had my baby on the twenty sixth. Oh, much respect and blessings, man. Wow. Well, how old are the kids? Hey, uh, my oldest is sixteen. My son, eleven. Daughter, eight, and then my baby girl. You know, about to be a week old. All right. So, my do son. they like oldest seeing you girl, in the ring? Yeah, I'm sorry. Say it again. Your oldest yeah. what? 
Oldest is a girl, too. My oldest daughter. Thank Three you. girls, one boy. So they like so. watching you fight? Yeah, they do. They do. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah, I, I took a, a bad loss one time in front of them. I ain't want them coming to, to my fights anymore. Yeah. Seeing That's poppy. tough. But, um, Especially the older ones. Yeah, you're starting they, to see, they like, came to my second and my last fight, and then, you know, like I said, I'm gonna be a two-time world champion. I get my belt. I'm gonna come do a, you know, kind of a homecoming defense, and and they'll definitely be telling you, bro. You're about that. to, you're about to crush so, it. So how far are you from getting a rematch, title rematch? A Who knows? You know, it could be, you know, two fights away. It could be ten fights away. But if they get me, like I said, if they get me busy, I'm beating up everybody. Especially if you're getting the 147, it's really not that much competition right now. Oh no! And, and, you know, I'll take a couple of you. Know, Come right. up, fight to forty-seven. Beat them up. Go straight exactly. to the fight. I, I'll beat. Him. Yeah. No, no. Go ahead. Get yeah, in. Get in your bag, bro. Nah, you, you a fighter, bro. Yeah. Get into your we'll, bag. We'll we get in that. I get down to forty-seven. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I respect that. Uh, we, we, hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen. It was but hey, Austin Trout, man. He was about to give it to you, but he's being humble. You know what I'm saying? I respect that as a fighter. That's what's up. Because you can't be too. You know what I'm saying? This ain't the. This ain't some food games. Yeah, like food <laughs> I have no doubt that I'll, I feel like I'll be, but I have to see if I can get to 47 first. Ain't no point in even talking about that 100%. before uh, trying to get to my weight class. So once I get down there, it's over. Yeah. Yo, once we cut out dairy altogether, you're done. You're going to lose so much weight and good weight. Watch. So, Austin, is there a recurrent ranking for weight classes? Like, is that how they, um, you know, kind of address where you are? No, in but, you know, the, over time, there's. Times where a certain weight class is popping and certain classes aren't. Like you know, you know, you remember the time the heavyweights were were popping. Yep. Um, they're coming. I think that weight class has got a lot of action right now. You know, with Deontay Wilder fighting Tyson Fury soon, we're trying to see Joshua and Wilder again. The heavyweights coming back. Heavy when the heavyweights are in, all of boxing does it. But um, for for a while, you know, my weight class and the welterweight class was definitely holding it down. Middleweights were doing good. Those are kind of because it's a real popular uh, weight classes in America, anyway. So, what's next on your radar? I think the last time you fought was in f June. Is that right? June of this year. Yeah, yeah June was his last fight. Like, like I said, just had a baby, so now that she's here, you know, we getting her you know, kind of accustomed to just being alive. Uh, now <laughs> sure. I can start looking for a fight. Yeah, you got to manage that family stuff. <laughs> I've been training though. That's what's up. Uh, what's so, up? so in general, I want to talk uh, one more time about the boxing community in general. What's the as boxers? What like with football players now? There's a big thing about the brain injuries and everything, and they're changing the laws. You know, uh, uh, the rules of the game with the NFL, with CTE and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious with boxers in general. Like when you guys talk amongst yourselves or with your trainers or families, like what are your biggest long-term health issues as a boxer, or maybe do you not think that way? Uh, you know, you don't. You don't want to think about it trying to, you don't want to attract that type of energy but at the same time you definitely have to be aware and, and um, mindful of where you are and where you were as far as um, memory speech like that because one thing that I know is that the fighters don't notice that they're getting slower or that they're walking a little funny that they're getting things. Well, you know, they probably they'll probably notice that. But as far as the first speech, I don't think they notice that. And as a fighter that has friends of as a friend of fighters that that the are slowing down, they have taken you know some good shots. 
you know, it's hard to even bring that up. Like, no, homie, why are you slurring so much? Because that's like I'm saying, you need to give it up. And, and the other fighter, that's all we know. So um, Yeah, like Gotti. Remember Gotti back not, in the day? Like I say, it's not, it's not talked about. It really isn't. It's like, we don't want to talk about that. So has there any been talk? Like uh, uh, preventative, like for you for pain management, like post fight, are you popping a bunch of ibuprofens? Are you taking a hydration drip? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like what do you, you, know, what you I doing? try not to, but yeah, man, like my, my face hurts, my hair hurts. Uh, I've been usually popping some kind of headache medicine and, and yeah, I'll, I'll get a drip to, you know, get my, my liquid back. Um, but one a good thing for like the preventative things that, that I was talking about the stories and things like that is I'm enrolled with the Cleveland Brain Clinic in Las Vegas, and uh, every year now I think this is my fourth year they have me come in do a series of tests that you know memory, balance, speech, um, you know all kinds of different tests a That's CT good. scan and a and an MRI, and then they compare the results. For your year previous, so you come back, you do it again, you see where you are this year compared to last year. They ask how many fights you've had, what you've been doing, how many sparring you've done in that year, and they compare. And you know, so far, every time it's been straight across. You know, it's across the board the same. I haven't flipped any, so you know, thank God for that. I'm about to say, and that I feel like that is a great tool. You know that they're using to. I mean, it's, it's for research purposes, but it's also for my own research purpose. Is that voluntary? I can take that. If, yeah, it's voluntary. How um, Heyman again? He kind of changed the game in the sport. He had me and a couple other PBC fighters signed up for it. That's good. Fact, I feel like it's such a good thing. They allowed me to go to DC to speak at the, in the House Senate about it. You know, because the government's gonna—I think they're gonna get behind it and start. And, and once they allow THC, it. it's gonna be a lot more beneficial for the research because oh, that, you know, the CB1 receptor get yeah CBD doesn't help with that with that it's not going to help with uh with brain certain brain traumas and brain trauma in general it's not a neurological constituent so THC right. so the yeah in the stomach it, yeah, it's, it's more of an immune system you know what I mean and then that and the neurological right. is THC and CBG and the other uh psychoactive cannabinoids are actually good for the Parkinson's and these neurological disorders, mainly most of these disorders. So they're really holding out on the THC piece because they know it's actually going to help with CTE or prevent it or help it. That's why in the future, you're probably going to see tests not be as bad uh, once they start to use THC because it actually will help replace some of those, those, uh, those bad cells. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. How do you feel about that in the future? Like when it does become generally legal? Like way, way in the future, and like THC is allowed. Is anybody I mean, like, yo, you can't smoke before or something? That, looking at the states that do have it legal, it's been nothing but beneficial for them across the board. Crime's gone down. The taxes got better. There's more money for schools. This, that, and they're like, you see. I mean, even DC, our capital, our capital has made it legal, and uh, DC being a very rough city. I, I yes. trained there. So it's I so much better now, isn't it? It's, it is, yo. It like, is, yo. I walked I was, down there. I can't the believe how nice thing, it is. Through the whole like, transition. It's changed the city, I was man. there before when it was legal. I was there when they made it. Uh, they decriminalized it. I was there when they recreation legal. I'm that telling you, you know, like, even the hood is happy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Everybody's barbecuing, chilling, having a good time. Thank smoking, you. For, smoking in the air. 
thank you so much for validating that. I go to DC all the time for like marches and stuff. And like back in the day when I was stationed there, it was bad. It was throwed in DC, bro. You couldn't like. Hey. And I'm not saying that there's not still bad places. Like there's bad places everywhere, but like not. It's still rough. But it's like it's, it's there's a consensus though though that cannabis has really helped the public and community so much in the DC metro area. It really has impacted so many people. So I'm yeah. I'm glad you fuck with it like that and you tell people how it is. So I actually have a story that goes along right with what you two are saying. Yeah. So I I just ended a 18 year career at the post office, Austin. So I'm going on to new business oh. ventures. But three years ago, I was at headquarters of post office in Washington D.C. for three days of training. It was before Columbus Day weekend, and we got out of training at like 11 o'clock on that Friday. So I had my bike and my car parked out front. I go up to my car, pull the bike out. I'm about to bike all over Washington D.C., and there's a guy smoking a joint there. So I said, "Hey, I love a couple puffs of that before I go ride." And he goes. I got to go to work. I can't finish this. He gave me like three quarters of his joint. Him and I talked for 15 minutes. He was going to do some food service work, you know, down the street. Him and I bullcrapped. We exchanged numbers. I have him on a Facebook friend now. And he got me high and I got, I was high all day riding around Washington and made a new friend. Cannabis brings people together. I mean, it always brought people together. And then the, the, the old argument that I've always made was, even my boxing coach, Sam DePache, rest in peace. He wasn't for like his fire smoke. He's like, well, I'd rather you do that than drink. Because how many times have you been in the, <laughs> around a bunch of people drinking and yeah, a fight man. broke out? Oh, all and the time. Probably every time. Now, how many times have you been around a bunch of people smoking a dude and a fight breaks out? That's not too many times. I think not without never. alcohol, though, as well. I don't think well. I've ever been no, yeah. and not unless alcohol is also involved. Yeah, if alcohol is involved or some kind of other substance, like I haven't seen too. Right, I've been, right, exactly. I've been to some big ass shows. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. No, that's respectable because it doesn't, at the end of the day, man, like I think professional athletes, if they had the choice and just people in general, would choose the most harm reducted uh, product. I don't think they would be pushed into using these different over-the-counter and drugs if they really had the option. All right, guys, I'm going to chime in here because I have something so exciting to say to both of you guys. You guys are going to absolutely love it on this subject exactly. Okay. How about this? University of Florida, and I found this out this weekend, just did a study on the true gateway drug. The Gators? The Gators. Shout out to the Gators. Gators. Yes, U of F. So listen to this. U of F (laughs) studies shows long-term drug abuse starts with alcohol. Bam. Alcohol, not marijuana, is the gateway drugs that leads at Adolescents yes, down the path so towards more serious substances. It's a new so University of Florida study shows. Please, everybody, go to news.ufl.edu. You said right UCF now. or University of Florida? University of Florida. Okay. I apologize. University of Florida. I'd be fucking out. with Florida. I used to live down there. So no, no, you, Gainesville, okay. Florida. So U, U of no, I F. You. I thought you said UCF. My bad. Sorry. No, it's okay. U of F says alcohol is the gateway drug. Not That's true. So, what do you think, Austin? Do you see that? Yeah, round of applause. Okay, big one, right? It's just confirming. Give him a round of applause. Duh. There it is. Duh. (laughs) I ain't never wanted to do nothing stupid in life, uh, ruining while on pie. While I was drinking alcohol, I definitely was ready to ruin my life plenty of times. Willingly, gladly. Oh, and guess what? Guess when that study was published, just so, just so, 2012. Yeah. 2012, this information has been out there, guys. Just now catching up, huh? Well, you know, they're slowing it down. For, they like to slow it down for Big Pharma, you know what I'm saying? They got they got uh, stocks and bonds to be worrying about. You know how Babylon does. Babylon got, yeah, Babylon got to take care of the system first before it take care of us brothers and sisters. So we got to work together. The way know? I look at it, if you look at it as this way, when, when you take away all the things that, that make us comfortable 
and we're stripped down to, to the bare necessities. You're going to need food, water, shelter, and then medicine, right? Right. Yeah. I, if, if everyone is able to grow their own pot and be able to, with knowledge, learn how to know how to use it for the many different ways to do it, of course, we won't need to get to deal with pharma. Just as if we were to grow our own food, we wouldn't right. need to buy our food from the grocery That That kind of independence is what scares the establishment. I'm yeah. not about, you know, taking up arms and going against the government. I'm just saying we shouldn't have to rely on them. No, we everything. should just... I think that's what scares them the most. No, you're right. We should just use their, their substances when they're needed in emergencies or like certain pertinent operations. Right. And, you know, certain times when it's really needed. Right. You're like, no one's trying to say they're... they're As it was uh, intended for. That's the original sure. intention, I believe, of, of all these things was to, yeah. when needed, you know, to be used, not to be depended on. That's totally relied on. That's where the greed because came in. Like, hey, man, we do these operations, but what if we can keep them strung out on something that keeps them sick, curbs their, you know, symptoms, then they will never leave us. That's why we I told, can always get No, you're 100% right. That's why I told a doctor, she's like, well, you're, uh, she's like, well, you're, um, what'd she say? Not addicted, but she's like, you're, uh, you need cannabis every day. I said, yeah, I need cannabis every day. Like I need, uh, mangoes, rice, beans. <laughs> like I need all those substances too. Like I need, I need watermelon. I need XYZ. Like those are drugs too. Like I need those, and, I, and I, they're good addictions because they they have like positive outcomes. So I like to say, right. that, you know, what I'm saying like I'm not using cannabinoids because it's not giving me a positive outcome, uh, and I'm glad that I, I'm positively addicted to apples and nuts and berries and podcasts and basketball. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that, I mean, I'm not gambling on the basketball games. I'm not. I'm not trying to like. You know what I'm saying? I'm just enjoying it. I mean, there's, yeah, so, yeah, there's so much negative shit going on that we can find out in our life. Why dig for negativity? You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, here's the thing though: is, is they try to make being addicted to cannabis so negative for so do. long. That's been a stigma. So to, to relieve that stigma, like this isn't necessarily a negative thing. When water takes out, like, what are you, like the kids for the small like, Kids aren't supposed to be smoking. I didn't smoke as a kid. So, you know what I mean? Just like there's, a, there's an age that, that's appropriate for, sure. for everything. And go ahead, for all you folks out there too, you should be, you know, if you get a chance, vaporize first. Like, just because you get more taste, more medicinal, and if you can get the oils, that's even better. Like, even for you as a fighter, I would suggest you not to smoke flour. I would, su I would suggest you 100% to use the oils, the dabs, or something that doesn't have any uh, chemicals in it because it will affect your, your bronchioles and it will affect your respiratory um, even though cannabis can only give you bronchitis, but you as an athlete sparingly using it off and on, like smoking cannabis is probably not going to be a big, big, big problem. But for some uh, people out there that want to use it a lot or want to use it as their pain or they need to, they need to switch over to vaporizing. Cause if you keep smoking, like that's just yeah. not any kind of burnt smoke into your lungs, it's just not going to be really, you know, what you want at the end of the day. I love that, Gino. Thank you for that. Cause yeah. that's so, we will re that pretty much weekly to people is you gotta pre be preventative. Yeah, there's different ways to skin a cat. Yeah, I get it. You know, the joint's coming around, you're at a party, you hit the joint. I get it. I do it every once in a while too, like once or twice a year. But like, 
I'm not trying to get into the smoking. It just tastes like shit too after you get to vaping. Not to keep it real, guys. Like yeah, it's nice and clean. Once you get the dabs, this is where. So so I love that you said um, you know the culture needs to change, Austin. So sure. me from my kids, my kids have known I've smoked since they were both eight years old. Yeah, I've been too, honest. Uh, I don't hide it from them. I never did. Both my kids are you know very well educated. They're both my daughter's a teacher, second year. My son's a finance major at college. So Austin, what are you doing to educate your kids to help them become better and learn differently than we did about? this plant that's a really good question brian well i've only told my oldest daughter when she was about uh, 13 14 maybe 13 and then i told her because again she was about to go i think in high school and that's when i was like listen let me just tell you this is what i do and i hear you know she did but i need you to come to me first you're curious or you need interaction with any of that because you're up. too young, right? When you get of age, when you can make that decision, but I want you to know everything about it before you that's make right. that decision. Good for you, man. So, you know, that's kind of how, how it went. And, you know, I, I regularly check out, like, you smoke weed? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's what's up. <laughs> I got a 22-year-old, when, when we started vaping together and smoking together, I told her, I said, yo... You should like, first of all, like vaporize it. Like I was trying to give her like point, you know, points and like just trying to like give her good education. Kind of like like you, even though she was a little younger. I, I, I'm in, in my in my lifestyle, it's like always been legal. So like my house has always had cannabis in it. So like, you know, it wouldn't be nothing. Yeah. It wouldn't be nothing for like all everyone knows about me in particular. Not that you guys ask, but so I, I respect that though. How you like you sometimes you got to keep it, not because it's bad, because the people kids say shit in school. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't. Until it gets yeah. to be decent. Yeah, I want them going to school and yeah, be like, you know, my dad. Just because my name, too, you know. Oh, yeah. Austin Trout's a big name. Austin Trout's, you know, being a pirate, anime, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Kids looked sure. up to me, and then I don't need to explain to the child, really. Like, listen, I don't yeah. do drugs. Listen, I exactly. deal with cannabis. Because they're trying to put it into the <laughs> drug shit. Good for you, Austin Trout. Like, they're trying to put that cannabis into the drug position. You're like, nah, dog, I use cannabis, man. That shit doesn't hurt you or kill you. So I don't know what kind of drug you're talking about. That's what's up. Like it comes from God, huh? That's right. Oh, I like that. It's right from John. It is all spiritual. Yeah. Hey, so I, you know, we I never even touched on your amateur boxing. I'm sitting here playing around looking at your Wikipedia. Like you, I don't you think had he lost. the did you have lost, the U.S. welterweight championship as well? Is that correct? As an amateur? Yes, that's 2004. That's crazy. Is it's he so, undefeated too? Right? Was he undefeated? Or he lost one? What did yeah. it say there? You're looking at it. No, I mean, the amateurs, I, I lost, you know, probably like 40-something fights, but I had oh, okay. you know, over 200 fights. That's what I was, yeah, I wasn't trying to throw you. you Holy you smoke. Know. So you, Wait a minute. So you've That's had, in your, fights, in your yo. lifetime, so you've had 36 professional fights and over 200 amateur fights? That's a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've been getting it down in Mexico, dog. So, so to, I don't know much about amateur boxing at all, other than Golden Gloves, right? Golden Gloves, gloves I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, is that U.S. welterweight champion? Is that like the Golden Gloves competition that you wanted, or how does that it's, work? It's I don't kind know. of. There's, you know, there's, there's I think four major national tournaments of the year: USA National Ch- Championships, Golden Gloves, Pound Nationals, Westerns, and East. And I won the U.S. Nationals that that year. It was an Olympic year, 2003, and so. That gave me a bid into the, uh, the Olympic trials. Yeah. That's what I I won the Olympic trials, loser's bracket, and lost in the box loss. Yeah. I was following you back then, too, because that was, like, my prime of, like, uh, boxing. I was with Arturo Gotti and, like, that early. Yeah, that time. Yeah, that, was a yeah, good time. that time frame. Yeah. 
You're an amazing man, Austin. Now, what, what sports did you play in high school? Because I was, I was like seeing what the people are based on. Because obviously, did you just go to the boxing ring every He was night? knocking bitches I, out. I didn't, I didn't play any high school. Because you were well, boxing. You was hitting with those hands, huh? Was that good or bad, do you think, yeah. socially? For you, for you in high school, was that good or bad socially not to be a part of team sports? Just curious. Um, yeah, good. I, I mean, I felt like I didn't get the recognition that, that I should have. I always looked at the football players who were dying to just win state. You know, I was like a four-time state champion. You hung out with the wrestlers, <laughs> didn't you? Cause I, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I hung out with the boxers. Yeah. Yep. I would have boxed if I didn't wrestle because, you know, as you know, like in school in New York, like you can go to, you can do boxing in certain high schools here. Yeah, we have that, one high school yeah. specifically, yeah. But back in the day, though, they were in a lot of different high schools. It wasn't just in Aquinas. It was in, like, many of the There's schools. More, huh? Yeah, and my, my, my uncle was a Golden Glove champ, too. Shout out to my my uncle. He used to knock motherfuckers out, bro. I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, he used to knock people. Yeah, he's a little short, little little darky, short, little motherfucker you see him come out with big-ass heads. And knock people, <laughs> he used to knock people out, son. Like, you wouldn't know it. He'd give them that right hook, and they're done. I'm still, I'm still struggling with the 236 plus bouts that you've That's had. Like fighting, my, so. like I, my head hurts just thinking about that. Or like five, six rounds too. Like not all of them are like big, big, like ten rounders probably, right? Too. Nah, they're, yeah, they're all four. It's still a fight though, because that's still a lot of fighting. Hey, so you're a southpaw, is that right? You're a lefty. Yes, sir. But yeah. you can go back and forth though. I've seen you go back and forth. Um, I'm, I'm more gonna, but you know, I feel like I had the masters left-handed before I could. Right. Oh, Start going right-handed. So at 33 years old, you still haven't mastered the left hand? I haven't mastered it. It's still something like Don't it. be getting his future opponents out there giving <laughs> any clues now. So one of the things I noticed <laughs> right. on boxers, right? Like one of the, the, I'm a big photographer. So I love like the shot of someone hitting someone's face in the sweat port. Like you see oh, the man. sweat like flying off. So hydration is a big thing for me, Austin. I train people. I've trained triathletes from the couch to their first triathlon. And I teach people about hydration big time. Uh, how much the minimum water intake. Do you guys really have to overhydrate but before a fight? Because overhydrating is something it's you have to be good, careful actually. of. Yeah, it's a, you have to be careful of it. So how do, you guys, wind, yeah. Yeah, how do you guys handle hydration through fights? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, it, it is a, you know, we, we dehydrate ourselves to make weight the day before. You know, so we get sucked down trying to lose it and then, you know, automatically just want to try to pour as much water as we can inside so I, I've never overhydrated but I definitely have been dehydrated so I think I'd rather take my chances with overhydrating than dehydrating yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to overhydrate, um, but well, I mean, it it's that, it's a concern though. Like uh, Gino's right, the smaller even you your body. as a runner though. Like, I, so correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I used to remember now that you're bringing it up when I was running like five, ten, fifteen miles in the Marine Corps. If I had had too much water the night before, I would flush out so many nutrients. I didn't know because I was stupid back then. But when I'd get to go run, I would be like, "Damn, son!" Like I was hydrated, da da da. And at the end of the day, I'm thinking to myself, "How did I do better two days ago with?" quarter or half or less water like it must have been a nutrient thing for me it's yeah. a great point you know what I'm saying like because I, I remember doing too much of the drinking of the water so I think that could be dangerous like, you think the water is like the nutrients kind of yeah we shouldn't be pissing out down. clear we shouldn't be remember the, you That's don't right. know but no you're right talk you to shouldn't. your brother about the Marine Corps like oh you gotta be peeing clear clear is not good at all to be peeing clear ladies and gentlemen if you're an athlete and you're peeing straight clear that's no bueno well, it just means you don't have anything, nutrients or anything that you're but processing. That's a, but that's you're a, just putting water again, through Again, that's you, yeah. a problem when you right. think about sports and athleticism. 
you know, and it gets skewed, hydration versus the uptake of nutrition. And so you ask a very good thing. Like that's something that, especially with you guys being so hyper competitive, that 10, 12, 15 round boxing matches, like you kind of don't, you're going to get a little splash of water here and there, but I don't, I would say it's almost the same as wrestling because wrestling is a tough sport. Yeah, how do you if hydrate? If I overhydrated, I didn't do good. When I when I got just a regular happy meeting with my hydration, I did better. What do you think, Austin? What's your take yeah, from what's what you've experienced? On, on maybe drinking too much water versus not. Like you said, you already said that you, you experienced underhydration. That was bad. Yeah, I, I've experienced being dehydrated. And, so you've never experienced like drinking said, too much I, water. I'd rather take my chance with overhydration. I, I've never... Again, but you know, I, I sweat so much. Like I sweat okay. so much, I don't think it's possible for me to be overhydrated because okay. it just pours out of me. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, could possibly, but it would take a lot. Well, that's a sign of health in in, in, in respect too, because having that have, sweating is actually healthy. You know, obviously, if you're sweating too much and you're overweight or X Y Z, have a, a disease. Yeah, that's or, why I'm saying I've been dehydrated because I sweat so much. Yeah, that I've I've poured out all my water before, but uh. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely with the overhydrating. I've never experienced overhydrating. Need a little bit more salt too. Just a little bit more salt in people's yeah, diet. Yeah, do you guys like do pink, salt tablets or more pink salt? A little more sea yeah. salt in your diet will help retain those nutrients too. No, I don't. I don't take salt. What about electrolytes? I start cutting it down when I'm but trying that, to lose weight because I don't want to retain the water. But that's see what we just talked about. So I want to talk about this real quick, Austin Trout. I want to. I want to help you with this right now. That's actually a misnomer. Now, I, yeah, now, 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 obviously, you, 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 you attract water with more salt, but that's actually oxymoronic when it comes to science. Our water in our body is made out of salt water, and so if we don't supplement with some kind of salt during the day, some kind of salt, or if what we're not buying, it doesn't have a little bit of uh, sea salt or some kind of sodium in it, you will not uptake nutrients in your gut. You just won't get nutrition. You can't absorb it. Yeah, so it's like one of those things in the 50s and 60s, they told us, oh, no, no salt, no salt. That's actually like very, very unhealthy. So I would actually tell you as a prof- someone that studies this as a researcher that studies nutrition and cannabis I would actually opt and tell people to actually use small amounts of pink salt um, throughout oh, their meals yeah, like we, the Himalayan, yeah. The Himalayan pink salt yeah especially in the beginning of the day when you first take that first cup of water when you wake up after you're done brushing your teeth I'll sprinkle a little bit of pink salt in your water and have two cups of water when you first wake up and then have one more little bit of salt in your one of your main meal course meals during the day I would never get rid of salt entirely that's totally very very bad for you especially as an athlete that's why you're dehydrating and that's why you, you're overhydrating a lot because you're not keeping uh, and that's kind of built in with the boxing because to cut weight they have but to but when he's a vegan though because he will be uh-huh. if he wants to if he does the whole food plant-based diet if he soaks his own beans he don't use anything out of cans no dairy none of that stuff he ain't never gonna worry about weight he's gonna be thin had the same muscle mass and more actually he's actually gonna actually be increase his muscle mass and his performance let's go you could do it. You just got to be really strict, level ten, level it's ten tough. vegan like me. If you're willing to do it, yeah, and it's, it's tough to get to that, right? While but you could get to right? it eventually, like like you said. Because remember, food is a drug. So eating all the animal and dairy products are yeah, dr- are drugs. Well, they're drugs. They actually cause a, a, an outcome that we, we want. We want to feel good. It's called ketosis. So when you break out of ketosis, when you break out of ketosis, because you haven't yet, when I help you, because I want to exchange numbers and stuff. When we help you break out of ketosis, you are not only going to feel better than you already feel better now, you're not going to worry about that extra weight. You're going to be able to eat food comfortably and eat more food with the family and stuff, and you're going to be able to have more energy. You watch. It's going to be amazing. No, but do you, do you in your current fights, use electrolytes between rounds or yeah, just water? Yeah, are they just spraying water in your mouth? Uh, you, well, actually, it depends. It depends on the state because different states only allow water. Uh, other places 
allow surgeons because like it's performance enhancing, right? Because it'd be enhancing performance. Oh so, yeah, kind some of don't allow anything else but water. I mean, most of them do. There's a couple that allow, and they, or they say clear liquids only. So like you have to yeah, but they're testing you afterwards. I, I actually kind of agree with that. Okay, and, and let me tell you what I think because I'm not a boxer, but it's just me being a fan uh, and someone that loves the sport. I feel like if you're gonna make all these performance-enhancing drugs illegal, well, then you can't allow a drug like sugar or something else to be used too because it's a stimulant drug. So you're getting the edge on someone. I want to fight Austin Trout when he's Austin Trout so you can get those goddamn hands. Don't be fighting me under drugs yeah, or shit. Yeah. Just because drugs are illegal, like Gatorade's a drug. So listen, I would never consume regular Gatorade. It has corn syrup and all that shit. Consume organic products. Nah, me neither. You know, I try don't to, rock with that either. Yeah, try to rock with organic much as possible. Not because it's a social fun thing to do and like whatever. It really, they put more oh, ethical, okay. ethical product. And I'm sure you already do. You're Austin Trout. You're already ahead of me, but I'm already starting to help you out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I want to see you get uh, uh, Big time. Yeah. It's we want to see you have a title, baby. Oh, it's happening. We, we're supporting you here at the Hepletta Podcast and your family too. Uh, beyond the fact we get you on the podcast, we didn't know Shaid, man. He had a little secret, little man. That's much respect to Shaid. Yeah, all yeah. these years, never mentioning you. He didn't know I'm a super big fight fan of like UFC and boxing. boxing yeah, like boxing. The secret, man. I am so like starstruck right now, ladies and I'm a little bitch right now. Like I'm gonna tell you right now, like I love me some Austin Trout, bro. Like you're such a good fucking dude. Let's keep talking. <laughs> hey, definitely, definitely. Yeah, give him my number. We're gonna. Oh, we're gonna. Keep you know. going, but I do have to get ready to go to the gym. Awesome. So. I'm gonna let you go. The one thing I have is, what is your future after boxing? And then I'm gonna let you go. Future after boxing, man. Who knows? Uh, future's bright. I could do whatever I want, as long as I put my mind to. So you know, it's all about figuring out what I feel like putting my mind to. Excellent. Well, we do want to let you go, Austin. So we appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Uh, we thank you very much calling from New Mexico. And uh, we are going to be following you and our, our, our listeners will also be following you in your career. And we can't wait to see you win that next title back, baby. Yeah, man. Job. Hey, so much good. respect, man. Peace, blessings and salutations, man. Job bless, bro. Thank Thanks. you. Blessings, y'all. Thanks, blessings. Austin. Talk soon, sir. Holy smokes. Are you, are kidding, you me? kidding me? You, did, you, did you say... Did you do that on purpose when you said we had a minor boxer? Yeah, I did. He's not a fucking minor boxer, well bro. Are aware. you fucking killing me right this now, bro? This is called sandbagging. Austin Trout? Yes. The fucking beat Miguel Cotto, bro. Yes. He fucking put the hands to Miguel Cotto, bro. Hey, by the way, guys, and I told Gino it was Austin Trout all along, and he had no clue, and then all of a sudden, it just while he was sitting in the chair, like because all he, the lights went on in his head, and I saw it, and I was like, yes, Because I I'm in a lab making products like for bad days. Like, I'm on right. a mission. Like, I'm not even thinking boxing right now. I haven't even been thinking it too much, to be honest with you, and folks. Then, guys, you should have seen the light go on above his head. I am it was so the best a little thing bit. Ever. I am such a little... I'm not going to tell you right now. I am so... Blown away. That was Geno fandom, everybody. But but more more than just Geno fandom, let me tell you something. There is no professional boxer in the sports place ever has ever been given a raw interview like Hempletic Podcast has done. There is not a podcast. There is not an NBC, ABC, Netflix. Come at us with a bag. There ain't a, a, a person out there, a scientist, a doctor, a researcher that has interviewed a professional athlete much like Austin Trout the way we just fucking did. There is nobody that's done it. I'm sorry. It's all been some fugazi shit or I think cannabis is good for you. The hokey dokey, foo foo ass shit that's in all these motherfucking radio stations, that's in all these I'm a researcher bullshit ass conventions. Big shout out, shotgun shells, machine gun shells. Big shout out. 
to motherfucking Austin Trout, now my new favorite boxer of all time. That's right. I jump on the fucking bandwagon. Me too. You kidding me? You're goddamn right. Big shout out to Shahid fucking Shabazz. Shahid Khalil Shabazz. Khalil, the next big rapper, R&B, XYZ. You know what I'm talking about. Man, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm fucking start. Uh, uh, yeah. And I'm excited about something else I want to bring up. Before we end this show, something happened in the industry recently right. that Gino and I want to touch base on. Um, a Slow rescheduling. things down a little bit. Yeah, so we know. are going to talk about something that may help all of us in the long run. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little point counterpoint on a story that's a positive towards the rescheduling and a little bit negative, and then we're going to get Gino's opinion on it. So I'm going to do a little reading real quick. But we had a little rescheduling going on. What does rescheduling mean? Marijuana, excuse me, cannabis and all the pr- properties of cannabis have basically been a schedule one drug for many years. So what they're starting to do is reschedule some pieces of this plant. So what happened recently, and I'm going to give it to you in layman's terms, Gino will give it to you much better, is basically uh, a derivative of CBD. And I know he's going to correct me on that, um, but is is now being changed to a Schedule 5. So a drug derived from marijuana has triggered the first U.S. federal shift on cannabis in a half century, and experts predict an avalanche effect. So what, what are we talking about here? Is a new drug derived from marijuana has led to a landmark change in the U.S. government's stance on cannabis. After being greenlight as the first federally approved cannabis-based medication at the end of June, the drug has triggered the nation's top drug enforcer to change how it regulates marijuana. It's the first time in 46 years that the agency has shifted its stance on a marijuana compound, cannabis compound. The drug, which is called Epidiolex, is designed to treat two rare forms of childhood epilepsy using cannabidiol or CBD, the compound in marijuana not responsible for a high. The latest move means people can now access the drug with a doctor's prescription, though it won't be cheap. The DEA announced the change to its classification of Food and Drug Administration approved drugs containing CBD on Thursday, roughly three months after the FDA approved Epidiolex as a medication. It will be cheap. The drug. Um, so then, on the other side of it, so on the other side of the coin, that's a very positive side of it. Uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, there's a Colorado law firm that mentioned it in a story uh, that they're upset over the rescheduling. So I'm just going to read this a little bit, and then I'm going to get Gino's take uh, from his. Um, perspective, which he thinks is definitely a little bit more on the positive side. So the DA appeared to take a large step forward on Thursday, September 27th, when it confirmed that it would reclassify Epidiolex as a Schedule 5 substance. The move follows F Food and Drug Administration approval and classifies the marijuana-derived cannabidiol medication under the DA's lowest restriction for drugs. So physicians and pharmacies can now prescribe and dispense it in all 50 states under federal law. Yep. And you know what that means? What does that mean? Please tell me. Okay. All right, folks. So check it out. So wait, before you jump on, can I just finish the next paragraph? Despite the headline news, the reaction in Colorado was a mixed bag, ranging from ho-hum to angry disappointment. National organizations such as... um, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws uh, responded with cautious optimis- optimism while reminding us of the high price of Epidiolex currently. It's not true, though. That's just not true. According to a report from the Wall Street Journal in August, GW Pharma plans to charge 32500 annually per patient for Epidiolex, which could cost anywhere from five dollars to $200 per month, depending on the patient's insurance. They are not going to pay that under the federal guidelines of how we issue out medicine it's called insurance folks yeah it says through insurance it's so, not gonna, but that listen but, but 
But that's to say that is not true. Even 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 some of the no, don't get me wrong. They're going to make their money off of it and charge money, but it's people got to understand how prohibition works. This is the problem with this. I used to be, I would have been the same way normal and all these other companies eight, nine, ten years ago because they don't understand how prohibition works, and I figured it out already because it's a mathematical calculation. Having CBD go to Schedule Five is one of the best things that ever happened for cannabis in this country because what that means is is that we're on the road for federal prohibition for THC and the other constituent cannabinoids to be gone. And if you didn't think that big pharma and the medical community altogether was not going to secure a, a cannabinoid as theirs, when you have the audacity to, to think that in your little hippie, tent, hippie fucking tent somewhere and fucking wherever, bumfuck, when you have no idea what you're talking about. So let me digress. The only way this plant's going to become fully legal is to do what the pharma has done for all other 97 percent of all drugs. It's called take the constituents from the plant and make money off of them. And so then we can get the leftovers. That's what they've always done. That's why you got over the counter drugs. And that's why you have pharmaceutical drugs. And then you have different naturopathic substances that are not classified or classified. And there's like a word gray area. For, so for people to be against this is only because they have money interest somewhere, Brian, and everyone listening out there because they're concerned about their bag. So they're, it's, they're it's, concerned that they're going to lose money and they're not concerned about the full legalization. Now, this plant-based derived, it's, by the way, a natural plant-based derived. They have a small amount of synthetics as a carrier probably because they are a pharmaceutical company, but it is a naturally plant-based uh, uh, resin. They have over 40, 50, 60,000, whatever plants sitting in Europe somewhere growing a really high-quality cannabis resin. So Epidolex actually is a really ethical, one of the most ethical pharmaceuticals to date the most ethical pharmaceuticals to date this is this is this is history folks this is an amazing thing right now do i want the cannabis plant to be 100% legalized do i want it to be 100% do i want everyone to make money to do this and do that but you cannot expect america to commoditize something and think that some backwoods place in California or New York or wherever is going to get a constituent off a plant that pharma does 96 97% of constituents off of plants to make drugs. So you have to get over yourself. I have to get over myself. And we got to work with the government as much as we don't want to and help them like we're doing with VCCF. You got to wedge the streets, be from the streets and, and between the government. And we got to help educate, not the government. They know all about it. And that's so, what I think about it. So I, I like that. So thank you for that. But um, one thing I'm a little confused about, but so Go ahead and ask there's me. different CBD different cbd what components like so there this epidiolex that's that's the name of the, that's one, the name of it that's, yeah no, no it's in the thing that i know it's the name of the derivative that come out yeah, of like that. valtrex yep is the name of something or zoloft or whatever so according to this it says basically uh, the dea's official statement the federal register which published friday indicates this order places fda approved drugs that contain cbd derived from cannabis and no more than 0.1% tetrahydrocannabinol yep, that's what's in the in schedule yep, 5 right cbd can be up that's to 0.3 though right no 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 hemp cannabis hemp mm -hmm. laws that's why we're not going to be affected like everyone thinks because they don't understand this industry the over the over the counter cannabis is called cannabis hemp Hemp is always going to be at 0.3 over the counter for companies to use, but you can't put medical and put CBD in the front of your package and you can't talk about anxiety, pain, all these things that we know it's good for. You can't do it. It's gone now, folks. 
The pharmaceutical company owns CBD's trademark and copyright for the names CBD. Charlie, Bravo, Delta are gone. You are not allowed to use those on any of your packaging and branding. You're done with. It's over with. It's not up for discussion. You can be your panties, be into your boxer briefs. You can be whatever you want, folks. But I'm upset too in a little bit, but I'm not because I understand what prohibition is about now and I'm not mad and upset. What we got to do is keep the good fight up and work with them as much as possible because you're not going to beat the billions and billions of dollars. It comes down to taxes and money. That's a great point, Gino. So they're not going to take away the billions of dollars in hemp, like 0.3 and less stuff, because they already know the government already knows they make big money. But if it comes to hemp or CBD in the medical standpoint, then you don't have it no more. It's gone. You cannot no longer market or put anything. You never could before. But now you definitely can't. Now you're you're going to get a uh, cease and desist and you're going to get sued and you will get probably now get raided by the DEA. The DEA gives out Schedule 1 license, folks. So if you're using cannabis products, there's only four doctors. And the third one, I'm not sure if he or she got her Schedule 1 license back, but I think the government only allows four, or at least there was four last time I researched it, that has a Schedule 1 license to give out Schedule 1 substances. So this cannabidiol thing and putting THC at 0.1%, is huge because that means now when you make a product, you're allowed to have 0.1%. All the cannabis products now that are CBD and other constituents that they that Big Pharma comes up with, you're going to be allowed to have TAC in a little bit, which means it's going to be a better medicine for the patients. You can't think about the, the pocketbook so much. Find another place in the space to make money like we did or like we're going to do or like other companies have already been doing. I like it. That's a nice balanced way to look at how we have to work. We're not going to, this industry, the cannabis industry is never going to work around pharma. We're not going to work around big government. So we have to figure out the way that we're going to get our message out there and our content out there and the health related properties of this plant out there with at, within yes. the constraints of our society. Pick and choose That's your the battles. Bottom. That's the bottom line. Everybody. You're not going to bring an AR-15 that has all the scopes on it and it's fully automatic and think you're going to beat my government because I served my government in many capacities. So for all your listeners out there that are like hyperly worried about, oh, they're, they're going to take this, they're going to take that, they're going to take my cannabis. Bro, sisters. You can got to fight the battles you're going to win. Let's work together on fighting the battles we know we're going to win. You're not going to bring a, 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 a little peon gun to a fight when people like me used to use laser-guided missiles to put into people's homes. You think you're going to beat them with an M4? It's the same argument. You can't fight the cannabis argument with big pharma. You can't fight the argument with pharma with any, any substance. Right. You can't. If it's metal, you can't make avocados medically. You can't say that avocados do this, do this. You can't say apples do this. You can't say this does this and that. You can't because Big Pharma has the patents and the protections on anything healthy for you. You don't get to do it. Even the grocery store products that are drugs, food products that are drugs, they cannot tell you how good they are for you. So what makes you think you're going to get cannabis and make it your own normal? Because all you're a bunch of scavengy ass fucking lawyers anyways. That's right. I don't fuck with normal. I ain't got nothing wrong with them. But I just don't fuck with them. All right, everybody. This is uh this is it for the episode of the Hempletic Podcast. Wow, that we was had a, a phenomenal boxer. <laughs> phenomenal boxer. Austin Trout, former WA's light heavy light, light middleweight champion. Sorry. Light middleweight champion. Yo, you fucking it up, And a sorry. future a welterweight champion because Gino's going to help him get down to the 147 weight class. Oh, there's no doubt in closing real quick. And you know, I got to be fucking with Brian because he, he, he'll he take it from like, I'll be all hyped up and he'll go into this weird transition. So I got to fuck with him. But he's he's our backbone here, folks, at the Hemp Planet Podcast as far as 
choreographing and helping out the engineer. And a big shout out to our engineer and our producer, Jay Pasamante. You know what I'm saying? He's doing um, a wonderful but, job. But real quick and short, um, big shout out to Austin Trout again. Thank you so much for being humbled, but yet very confident in what you're going to do and being very optimistic and very, and having in practice and humility and actually wanting to take advice from a basic researcher like me. <laughs> now, I think we're going to help him out immensely. And I think that it's going to turn out really great. And so big shout out to him and Shahid Shabazz and the whole family down there. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. All you ladies and gentlemen out there, hope you guys got something good out of this. And uh, Get off your couches. Get, get out and exercise. Our day. Get, get the out blood there. flowing, baby. Use THC those, and blood flowing. That's what we want. Yo, THC those, and blood flowing. Yeah, get the vasodilation going with that THC and then your other minor cannabinoids. Like, remember, CBD is a minor cannabinoid. THC is a major. Swim, total, bike, yoga. Total health cannabinoids. Remember that, folks. Total health cannabinoids. THC. And swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, yoga. And pick you up some bad days bad products days. here in the future. And by the way... If you're kicking the smoking habit, which you should, because smoking is dead, if you didn't know that, smoking literally is dead and makes you dead, go check out baddriplabs.com and get the best juice in the world. Not because I'm saying it is, because it kind of it is. And it it's is. a better way to consume your tobacco products because you're not smoking it. Clean so big shout out lab, to baby. big shout out to harm reduction. That's where we're about here, folks. So ladies and gentlemen, a big round of applause. Where is that at? For everybody? Peace, blessings, and salutations. This is Job Less. Have a great week, everybody.